Let's do the open. Welcome back to the Hank Strange Situation. Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded. Kaboom! There you go. Come on, jazz hands. Let's do the jazz hands, people. Everyone can see everyone, so I don't even have to switch. Mike, <laughs> you better give a MW Tactical jazz hands. Don't even... Oh, don't... Don't even try it. I hope you got your big girl panties on. Welcome back to the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Uh, I believe this is episode 357. Damn. 357. The lethal. Well, I don't know. Is 357? What did they say about 357 round? I don't know. I'm not a huge 357 guy. It hurts. It hurts. Oh, okay. (laughs) 357. It hurts. So um, only, only thing I know, I know that my friends from uh, Fort Scott Munitions are making 357, but I don't have a box here, so, yeah. but they are doing that. Uh, so 357, don't overuse the L word, gentlemen, that is the title of the show, don't overuse the L word, meaning why did I make that video and post it up? So we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. And other things, um, my special guest tonight there he goes, MW Tactical Mike. He's in the house. What's up, Mike? What's going on? Not too much. Um, just had a great week, great weekend, great week. Um, can't ask for much more. Beautiful weather. Other than the other day it was snowing, like an hour away from me in South Carolina. But <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> craziness is crazy. <laughs> snow, snow. It's like April. Shouldn't be snow <laughs> anywhere. But all right. So next to him, there he goes. Richard Hughes. Fully representing. Oh, Safety Harbor Firearms represent. I was just saying, Richard Hughes is representing a couple of people here, Mike. (laughs) He's got got Safety Harbor Firearms. Yeah. Uh, Trying to get the Hank Strange logo up on my watch again. Oh, okay. See? So he's got Safety Harbor Firearms right now. Here, I'll put it just on him. He's got the Tyvin Show hat and Safety Harbor. I hope they're giving you money. We were just talking about that behind the scenes. I hope Is there they- something I don't know about? Yeah, Tyvin Show, you need to send Richard Hughes some kind of money because he's definitely rocking your hat. And Walter, well, I guess Walter is going to say that payment was the um, was the T-shirt. <laughs> no, and Walter, I mean, that's how he goes. What about Wait, you? Wait, you what? get T-shirts? <laughs> oh, you bought your T-shirt? Oh. <laughs> hey, you know what? I got to say one thing about Walter. Walter's got to be the most generous guy on the planet because the only thing I've gotten – I've given to him was the money for the T-shirt. I get to shoot his fifty cal. I get to do all sorts of things. I shot his Sten guns. What yeah. a nice guy. He is. He's a good guy, man. He's always uh, sharing firearms and a whole bunch of other stuff with the world. I think right now he's doing some chores. That's, that's, that's why he's not here tonight. So either that or he's ducking us. So I don't know. You guys, you <laughs> he's guys at Hooters. Figure. Yeah, he's probably at Hooters for sure. I guarantee you. He's uh, if he's not at Hooters right now, he went to Hooters today. So um, and then Mike, Mike, I was asking you um, if we can get the Tyvin show to sponsor you <laughs> when you're shooting. Are you down with that? Will you wear the Tyvin show hat while you're shooting? It depends. And what, on the and what is it going to take? What is it going to take? Yes, it all depends on the stipulations. But um, <laughs> if it's worthwhile and it's for a good cause, I will wear it. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if I could say Tyvin's a good cause. What do you say, Richard? Is Tyvin? 
He's good enough. He's as good as yeah. it comes. Yeah. So I, oh, I see him in the chat, by the way. So shout out to Uh-oh. everyone. Everyone coming in the chat. Let me. Uh, so right now, let me remind everyone, please do the thumbs ups. We need the thumbs ups. I'm going to have to make some kind of thumbs ups graphic here for everyone. Um, I just haven't had time to get that done, but I do need to need to make that happen here. Let me get this chair out of the way because I'm standing. This is my workout, by the way. Every day I work out for two hours. That's hardcore right there, man. Who do you know that does two hours workout? Basically just standing. And like my wife. Standing just the workout? (laughs) Yeah, doing the show. Standing and talking. (laughs) That's my workout. So please, thumbs up to my workout plan. (laughs) So far, I have probably gained like five pounds. I'm just standing and talking. Gained. Gained. I said gained. Oh, gain. Okay. Yeah, gain. <laughs> so uh, please do the thumbs ups. We appreciate that. If you're not subscribed, please do subscribe to the show, to the to the podcast. This is Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded. If anyone's looking at it anywhere else or listening, lots of people listen to us. We're on iTunes. We're all over the place. So please do that. We appreciate, um, you know, we appreciate that. And, um, and ring the bell so you can be notified, okay? Very, very important. Um, also, I want to shout out right down here, um, Franklin Armory. I don't know how to, this thing is like reverse. I got to figure out how to read the reverse thing. But right there, Franklin Armory sponsoring the show tonight. Thank you so much for Franklin Armory for helping us to bring the noise and the trouble to the people. Um, I don't know if you guys have, have either of you guys used anything or do you guys own anything from franklin armory you know i shot someone you brought it out and i was at the uh iraq veterans shoot and i should have picked some up there i should have picked up some 45 and some 9 and some 380 for my carry guns oh okay no uh franklin armory franklin armory is the guys that they make the binary triggers richard Oh, I'm on the wrong Fort, oh. Fort Scott is I'm the guys that make the ammo. Yeah, Fort Scott makes the ammo. <laughs> Franklin. I know, I get confused with that myself. So, Fort Scott's the ammo. Franklin Armory, they make guns and stuff like that. Um, so there you go. Now, Andrew gave us a dollar. Thank you very much, Andrew. Respect to you. Thanks for that. He doesn't say, um, you know, he just says that he gave us a buck. Thank you. We appreciate it. Shout out to Gunstreamer as well. Gunstreamer is out there. I see them. Um, pistol packing mama Corey Williams is out there. Shout out to her. I see. Uh, let's see who else I see in this thing here. I said Tyvin Show is out there. Let me see. Can I go down here real quick? Do you guys see anyone that you recognize? Let's see. Mike, do you see people that you recognize you want to shout out before I do shout outs? Uh, see I see Gunstreamer. Uh, I saw Vanessa Kitty. I saw Kathleen, uh, Catherine Music Lover. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else I see that I recognize in here? Uh, Armament and Axis, uh, Brian Wyatt, Richard Hughes, of course. <laughs> He's right here. He's right of here. Course. Yes. Of course. Yes. Um, um, and Tango get, Hunter. Tyvin should pay Richard Hughes a dollar every time that the logo shows up, which it's there right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to make Tyvin go broke. <laughs> uh, Mr. F and H. <laughs> okay, Mr. FNH, shout out to him. Um, do you see anyone out there, Richard? You want to give some shout outs? Uh, well, you know, all the peeps you talk about, Vanessa Kitty, uh, let's see, RTS guy, want to shout him out. Mm-hmm. Ooh, am I missing? Of course, there's all the regular Strangeaholics. Gunstreamer, I want to say hi to those guys. Okay. 
Boss Hog. Okay. Where's Floppin' Garbage? Is he in it? There he is. Hey, Floppin' Garbage. Yes. Shout out to Flopping Garbage. I see Jade Grew, uh, Randy Peacock, Vanessa Kitty's out there. I think I said, I don't know if we said Christopher Williams, but we should definitely mention him. Uh, the Archangel, Chris Bullis, uh, Gregory Bradley, Imposter Ridge Runner, uh, Boss Hog, Dan Hates You. Uh, Dan Hates You says, I didn't watch The Love Advice from Hank Strange. Was it any good? Is Hank a love, uh, the love guru of YouTube gun videos? Uh, oh, no, Pebbles is in the building. Boom. Yeah, he doesn't like the hat. He doesn't like the hat? Nah, nah. Okay, he's looking he's good, Pebbles. He's not a Pebbles. fan of hats. Pebbles looking good, looking very green, man. <laughs> right? You got to respect that, right? <laughs> See, let me tell you something, Mike. This is how you get, seriously, no kidding, this is how you get a bunch of sponsors, man, shooting competitively, which if you guys don't know, Mike shoots competitively, so, you know, we're trying to find some people out there to support him, but get you a Pebbles like Richard Hughes has and have your Pebbles on your shoulder while you're doing your thing. Nobody has done that. Oh, okay. So that's, that's all it takes, right? It's just the Pebbles, you said, right? Wait, wait a second. Am I wrong? You, have you seen someone shooting competitively with a parrot on their shoulder? All right, let me try it like this. Um, tell me when you see the logo on my shoulder. Uh, Am I there? Am I there? No, no, we don't see it. You're going to have to turn the other way. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. How about this? Uh, no, I still see a logo on that side. All right, let yeah. me go like this then. <laughs> oh, 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 that munitions weapon. Okay. All right, I see it. I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, smarty pants. Hey, All but right. I, I have on my proper hat. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Um, let me see. I'm trying to go through here. I don't know if I missed anyone. If I missed anyone, please let me know, and I will shout you out. There's a whole bunch of uh, there's a bunch of things going. I see James Miller's in here. Let me see James Lawson. Uh, CB. I think I said CB. YNH. Peter Machuco says what's up. Shout out to Peter Machuco. Um, you did shout out Flopping Garbage. The Armsman is out there. Sergeant Hulk is big too. Turbo 99 Miata. MC1SC, a.k.a. Mika. Right? See that out there. Let's see. Julie Johnson is in the building. Shout out to Julie Johnson of Aries Firearms Training. Did you ever bring, um, did you ever bring Pebbles out there? No, I haven't brought Pebbles to Aries, but I brought Pebbles to your house. He was yeah. in the car. Yeah, Pebbles was good. Pebbles was good at my place. No complaints when it comes to. Pe yeah, is that my is that my audio? That's uh, or do you guys even hear that? I don't know if that's just me. You guys hear anything in the audio? Okay. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. You were gonna say something about Pebbles. Yeah, I I was just concerned about the gunshots going off, but he was fine in the car, and yeah. uh, so I'm trying to figure out. I'm gonna be going to the Creator Summit on May 19th, and I'm gonna have to from here in Orlando and I'm going to have Pebbles with me. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm going to keep him in the car or get a hotel or what. Okay. Uh, huh. What, what's the big concern about it if, if uh, he was able to handle if he was able to handle the gunfire before and he's traveled with you what's the concern? Uh, I don't want to leave him in the car if he's going to cook off. Yeah, you know, cooked bird in the car. Oh. But, you'll, but I don't, I don't understand. I mean, you'll have a snack when you come back to the car. 
<laughs> yeah, that's your audio. That's your that's your audio. I'm hearing, Richard. I don't know if your audio might be too loud or you might dial it down a little bit because I don't know if you guys out there are hearing it. Let me know if you're hearing anything in the audio. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to switch headsets. I'd have to run out yeah. and get another. Uh, one. Kathleen, who, who who is this? Flopping garbage says that pebbles meet the goats. <laughs> we didn't so, introduce it. No, no. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, will it, and then Vanessa Kitty says, will it not get very hot in the car? So, probably, probably. Okay, thanks to Armament and Axes. He gave us a couple of bucks. He says, Hank, tell my son he'll climb Ohio. He's a dork. He'll climb Ohio. You're a dork, according to your dad, not to me. I don't believe that. Um, as a matter of fact, your dad is a dork for trying to get you to be called a dork. So there you go. Um, Armament and Axes, you're a dork. <laughs> Flipped it back on you. So there you go. Um, all right. So let's see here. Uh, let me get everyone up in here. All right. So so what's going on with you guys, man? I know Mike. You said that you you're having a good week. Uh, yeah, I had a good week. Um, had a conversation with um, Palmetto State Armory um, the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, spoke spoke to Walther the other day as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, did a South Carolina State match. Seen some antics, met some great people. And like I said, this weekend and this week have been a great combination. Okay, cool, cool. What about you, Richard? What are you? Uh, just hiding out here in Orlando. Um, I came off two weeks in Orlando, and then, you know, the weekend home and then back here. So I'm just looking forward to going home tomorrow. Okay, cool, cool. So um, I know I titled this thing um, Why, you know, don't overuse the L word. What is the meaning? What is the meaning of that? So I'm going to talk to people about that. And Richard Hughes, um, you know, uh, Flopping Garbage called me today. My phone is out there. I had actually several calls today. But Flopping Garbage called, and he said that you, that he and Richard Hughes were concerned about me. So what were you guys concerned about, Richard? Well, I saw your uh, video, and I was like, huh, what's up with Hank? You know, I, I know there's things going on. I didn't know if it was anything more pressing or different or, you know, wearing on you heavier than normal. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I, I guess I was probably a little emotional because even Lola told me I was a little emotional in that. But uh, did you get a chance to see that video, Mike? Uh, I saw the three minutes of it, not the whole six minutes of it. Oh, okay. Um, and if anyone out there wants to know, like, what the hell are we talking about here? Let me see if I could pull it up. Um, let's see, how do I do this here? I will bring up my phone right now. Boom, that should switch my phone, and then we'll play it. I don't know if you guys will hear anything. Let's see if the audio rolls in here. No, I don't think the audio rolls through. So you guys get to, you're going to miss me singing. Basically, I was singing. So I was singing in there, and I was singing, uh, who is it that did that song again? Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Yeah, the... I just called to say I love you, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I'm just I'm messing around now even more than. So how was my singing? Did did Pebbles like my singing, Richard? Uh, Pebbles likes my singing. So if he likes my singing, he's gonna oh. like yours. Oh okay. Uh, what about you, hey. Mike? Was it was it doing anything? Does, does... Uh. It was a rendition I will cut out and send to America's funniest <laughs> video. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Hey, yeah. hey, 
everybody will see it though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen. So the reason why I did that is because obviously uh, the beginning of the week, I, uh, you know, I posted, I made a post about the whole uh, the TGC panel at the NRA. And um, and then there was some other drama and stuff like that that came up. I mean, you know, really for me, the I think I've explained it a kajillion times. I, I think the position that I'm in and uh, the people who who support me, who follow me uh, from all walks of life, ask me about that thing all the time. And I figured I'd put it out there because it's been going for several years. And, uh, you know, <laughs> um, I think folks want to know. Right. I think uh, as a matter of fact, Mike, I think you've asked me about that. Actually, it was last year in Dallas I asked you about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's why I put it out there. And I think people wanted to me to do something about it. That started a whole thing. It got even more complicated than that, to be honest with you, because of some other some other things that got tied into that whole situation. And, you know, I think one of the things that I find is that um, from, from my point of view, we're always saying in the gun community that it's for everyone. Do any of you guys disagree with that? Okay. No, I, I fully agree. Yeah. So we always tell people that, you know, this is for everyone. This is why you got to fight for the Second Amendment. It's for everyone. And, um, you know, I believe in that. I think that it is for everyone. And I, I, I think that's why I asked that question, because... We can't just ask those people out there to to fight for us. What happened? Oh, did you just send me a message, Richard? Did someone just send a message in here? No, okay. no, I I had recording going on. And I clicked it off. I oh. was clicking. Okay, yeah. So here's the thing. You know, we can't just get out there, in my opinion, and say, okay, everyone fight for the Second Amendment because it's all. It is. That's true. It's for all of us. And all of us need to fight for it. I think when you look at things like what's happening right now with this magazine ban, um, or not magazine ban, we're, we're looking at the bump stock ban. That alone, it reminds me, I was just telling someone this, it reminds me of back in the 80s. I don't know if anyone here is old enough to remember that. That in New York, Richard Hughes, should, you should remember this, New York 80s. Do you remember what they were doing um, in, in regards to crack? cocaine and how many years you got for being caught with a vial of crack cocaine, oh, which is a well little that, tiny thing. Let's see. Uh, I forget what the, the Rockefeller laws. Yeah, that Rockefeller. Was the Rockefeller drug minimum laws. Yeah. They're putting you away forever. One little and, vial, actually, 20 years, 20 years. Yeah. yeah. And lots of people went to jail for that. One little vial of crack cocaine. I'm not saying crack's cool. Crack is whack, just like everyone said in the 80s. 100% agree with that. <laughs> But I think that's a similar thing to what's going on now, right? Bump stock ban. All of a sudden, piece of plastic, machine gun. Nobody can own it. We can, we can own machine guns. If you think we cannot own machine guns, today we can own machine guns if we jump through hoops and follow certain things, right? We know, we know people that are in possession of machine guns like Walter. It can be done. Okay, but this piece of plastic became a machine gun. What was it, March 22nd? Right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. it became a yeah. machine gun. If, you, if, if you're in possession of one, it is 10 years and a $250,000 fine for each one that you're in possession of. Who do you think's going to jail for that? Do you think that if Jussie like. Smollett gets caught out there, do you think he's going to jail for that? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> you know, 
If any, if uh, Jeff Bezos from Amazon gets caught with one of those, do you guys think he's going to jail for that? He's nope. Yeah, but who's going to go to jail for that? <laughs> you and I. <laughs> yeah, the the regular guy out there, the the hardworking guy, the people that don't have the money to fight back and and get the expensive lawyers and all that kind of stuff. They're the ones that are going to go to jail. And those are black people, white people, men and women, all kinds of folks out there. And that's the kind of stuff that we're going up. So, yeah, I agree that we all need to fight for the Second Amendment. At the same time, if you're saying that we that we're a community, we're a cross section of America, you know, we should all fight for the Second Amendment. Then I think in this day and age that there's more than just me and Colin Noir <laughs> that are out there doing gun stuff, right? Yeah. So um, I've always said, why isn't it the diversity a woman, a Hispanic, an Asian, you know, or someone black, especially if two people are sponsored by the same company? And even though there is indifference, why can't? that indifference be talking about guns versus outside measures mm-hmm. you know so yeah by the something way to get you to thinking yeah um, yeah absolutely by the way um len holt says stop being hard on justice you know we really should drop that and not talk about him anymore but uh i get okay i had to sneak that in yeah you know what listen i don't want i'm not trying to force anyone to do that i think it should just happen because if we, tru- if we truly believe it, if we say it and we believe it, and then we all know here that there's different people in the gun community, right? All walks of life, all sexual orientations, all genders, all religions, you know, we know they're here. We know they're doing stuff. Some of them are big on YouTube. Some are big on Instagram. Some are big on this thing. We, we should uh, include them. Okay. So I think that when it comes to the whole particular thing, um, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people about this privately, and and it's very obvious that these guys can do whatever they want to do. That's what I believe in. I'm not trying to force anyone to do anything. Um, I definitely don't want them to do anything in regards to me. But how come in 2019, I asked a question, and then it's a problem? If I ask the question, like if I say, do you know anyone, there should just be an answer to that, you know? And so what do you the, mean if you what do you mean if you know? Well, anyone? in my in my question in the post, I said, do these I didn't call anyone racist. I guess I got to say it over and over again. Didn't call anyone racist. I said, I guess these guys don't know anyone of color. They don't know any women or anything like that, you know, that they could approach for the panel. The truth from from what I hear from people over and over again is that this is just like a click thing. These are just friends. This is just for them and their friends and their fans. It's not for everyone in the community. It's not a diversity panel is what I hear over and over again. And that's all good. I don't think we should force them to do it. I just ask a question like, do you know anyone? Do you, and not me, but do you know anyone out there? Because I think that in 2019, you should. Came a whole thing. People talk to me, and I'll tell you, lots of people... Lots of people say that, that, that they can see that, but they don't want to get out there and say it. And that's the funny thing, I think, that's going on in the community. And those people are like, man, I, we, ju- we should just deal with, this, with the Second Amendment. Everyone surrounding us, we're enemies, and we got to fight for the Second Amendment. And I, be- I, I agree with that, and I, and, and I believe that. But if, we're, if we know that this thing is for everyone, and we know everyone is out there participating in it, <laughs> you know... 
Well, you, you, also, you also got to remember that um, whenever you have a conversation about the Second Amendment, it's going to be a history lesson. And that conversation always makes people feel uncomfortable. You know, so um, overall, as soon as you start talking to the diversity portion and when you ask that question and you didn't say anything about anybody being racist, but the remark mm -hmm. comes back at you is, oh, what are you trying to say? I'm racist. Yeah. That so right that's I mean, and that's done. what. But OK, that's, so you're, you're right. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, that's what that's when it gets uncomfortable. Yes. And that's what like Wolf Wind Prepper is saying. The language I use is the same language that the political left uses to hide their racism. OK, mm -hmm. let me explain to you what language I used. English. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I used English. And so, I asked a question. Hank, I, I got Go two comments on this. Okay. One is the TGC thing. That's their own party. Yeah. And it's their business on who they want to invite. And uh, like I said, I'm of True. two minds of that. True. But the other part of it is, like you said, hey, the Second Amendment is for all of us. Get a girl on there. Get get somebody that you know was a friend of somebody at the Pulse nightclub here in Orlando to come down and say, hey, I was introduced to guns. I was uh, – what is the – it's the Pink Pistols group on Facebook, uh, and that's for LGBT whatever uh, – to carry guns. And I got on there on the group and I said, Hey, if there's anybody in, you know, the, at the time I was in Palm beach all, all the time, I'm like anybody in the Palm beach area wants to go out to the range, contact me. I'll take you shooting. I'll, I'll help you buy your first gun. I'll talk to you about it, whatever you need. Mm -hmm. and, and I did have a conversation with uh, a couple of guys, but I, we didn't get out to the range. Like we never closed the deal. But I, I think the, if, the Second Amendment, like you said, is for all of us. Get a woman out there. Get get a gay guy out there. Get get a person of color out there. Get show that it's all these people. Now, I, I think the other thing that happens is they're just thinking I'll call these top five guys, and it might be just you know an innocent mistake that you know they aren't thinking. Hmm. Maybe I should be more inclusive. I think so. I think on their part, they're saying that it's not that. It's just a thing for their friends. I think I've said that already. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I'm hearing from people, that this is just a friend thing. This is like who they know. These are their friends. And the truth. So the answer there is that they don't know. And here's what I'm saying. Like, you might you might say do that. And you have said do that. But that's you. And I think at the end of the day, that's not them. They don't think in that way. And when I ask the question, I'm not trying to force anyone. I'm not trying to use the language of the left or anything like that. I just ask the question in English. You know, we're in the same community. If you don't know what my politics are, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I've converted. Like, I never even converted from being a Democrat for a long time. I'm officially a Republican in the state of Florida right now as I'm talking to you guys. So if you don't know my politics, like, I have, I have like, stood up and talked about my politics over and over again. As a black guy, I've gone out there and I've been called names, including, you know, um, in the in, on social media for standing up for the Second Amendment as a black guy. So I've like, you can't be happy when I do that, when I get up and I stand up for the Second Amendment as a black guy. And then when I say as a black guy, hey, what's up with this? I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make people do anything except think. Because if you haven't done it in 2019, if you don't have any friends that are different from, from you in 2019, 
then maybe I got I have to say it to you and I have to ask you, does anyone am I saying anyone should make a law that there should be quotas or anything like that? I every day we get on here and we get on here for two hours and we talk and there's no one that can look at what I say and say that that's what I believe in. Can I make uh, two points? Sure. All right. Now, one point is I said this um, a couple weeks ago and it was on um, Ghost Show Tactical Tuesday mm-hmm. that um, people don't want to be educated. They want to be entertained. All right. But then the other point I want to make is um, what's stopping someone like you to do the same thing, but actually make a more diverse roundtable. Yeah. Whereas you do have the woman, Hispanic, the Asian uh, member from the LBQT community and so forth. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That is a good point. And I think Guns of August brings it up and um, some other people I've spoken to brings it up. I hate doing the, the competitive thing. For me, I started doing this from the first one that I saw. And when I when I realized what was going on. I, I, that's why I started doing this thing. And I hope that people out there, um, you know, that I don't have to say it because you guys see it. Everyone comes on here. If, right. if people want to come on here, we might do a little bit of like, who is this person if we don't know them? But we let everyone come on here. We don't get into how big are you or anything like that. You know, we've had people on here who, quite frankly, probably, you know, don't, don't think that much about me or whatever. Um, we've done that. Right. And then I answer all kinds of questions. Everyone comes into the chat. I don't ban anyone in the chat unless I know that we've got moderators. And if you get really crazy, they go after you. But respectfully, people come into the chat all the time and disagree with me. You know, so I did it here. Maybe in that setting, there's people who say, oh, you should do a a competitive thing. Too bad. I mean, I'm not saying no to that. Maybe something like that has to be done ultimately. Right. Okay. I, well, I got another solution mm-hmm. if you want. Okay, so let's say um, this roundtable discussion is um, brought to you by Hank, and at the same time, um, it's spearheaded by Mosh. Right. Um, in terms of doing something like that. Yeah, I think if there was time to organize it or whatever, we could do it. The, and the reason for, for, for the, like I saw someone, I'm trying to go back here and see, because I don't like to, um, okay, so Brian Wyatt says this, he says, I guess I'm weird, I prefer education over the distraction of entertainment. I come here for 2A education. Um, okay, well, we're both. <laughs> There's no way I can say we technically we're entertainment, Brian, and I know, like, Brian, Brian's, you know, he, he rides with us, so. Uh, he know you know this is entertainment. I don't know, even know how to tell you that. But I think there is there there's an education aspect to what we're talking about here, and I think we should always do that, right? Almost right. like edutainment. This should, this should be a thing that's a little bit entertainment, a little bit interesting and exciting to people, and at the same time, uh, giving people the. If you don't have the opportunity to talk to some of these different people face to face, then you have it. But I, I li- listen. Honestly, at the end of the day, I think the people out there who say that these guys have the right to do what they want to do, they're right. You yeah, know, that's, um, that's a true statement. Yeah, that, that is a true statement. That's yeah. their entity. That's their organization. That's what they put together so they can do whatever they want. But if you're going to do something like that on that platform, and if you're saying, like you stated, the um, Second Amendment is for everyone then make your program so you can have those numbers that everybody can now pull together and talk to 
people of the government and make the fight the fight. Yeah. But we, but you know, and what I would say is, it's probably not that I have to do it, and I'm fine helping or being playing a part in that. I think we probably all have to do it, and it's not. Mm-hmm. A, it has. It's like I wouldn't do something to to make it a spiteful thing against anyone else. We have to do it because if we're all asking this question, and we're coming to this conclusion, and that is not the forum for it, then maybe we do, we, we actually probably do need to make a forum for that, to be honest with you. And I was even, I was even saying to someone like, why the hell, look, I've, I don't even want to go to the NRA this year. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because I'm sick and tired of the bullshit from the NRA. Because of the fact that it has NRA on it. I like going to the NRA show because I get to meet people. I like the show because the, it's it's built around people. So I get to see all these, even people, even when I don't meet people, I get to stand back at a booth and watch kids and families and all kinds of people come in and see what guns they go for. And that's exciting to me. I love to watch people. I'm into patterns and things like that. But also at the show, I get to, to, to meet the folks out there who support me and all that kind of stuff, right? And the people who come to the show, they get to see all these guns. They get to see people like myself and all the other gun uh, tubers or whatever the hell we want to call them out there, you know, the folks on Instagram and all that. So I like that part of it. I don't like the NRA part of it because what I just said to you about 10 years and $250,000 is a door that the NRA opened without a doubt. No one could argue that. Mm-hmm. And that makes well, me mad. Um, yeah, yeah um, I agree with you. And I also say this, um, even though you see the change in the government, right? That mm-hmm. same change is happening with organi- other organizations that are um, like the NRA because of the change that's coming from behind closed doors that we don't see. You know, so it's like one yeah. hand washing the other. So like I said, if you're getting mad at about the NRA and the changes they're doing, you got to get mad at the government for yeah. the politics that are being pushed that they're trying to force us. to. Yeah. Um, to I think that's to. true. Right. Right. Uh, Richard, that's true. I agree with that. Well, the, so the thing that I'm always caught up in is uh, Chris Ann Hall says this all the time. It, she's got a slogan. I forget the whole thing, but it's principle over personality. It's like, look, I might I might like Mike. I might like Hank Strange. I might like, you know, fill in the blank, but they do something wrong. I'm calling them out. And I think the problem is all of the gun control. There was going to be no gun control over Obama. We were ready to go with torches in the street under Obama. But when a Republican does it, yeah, we just roll over. You know, it's like, do some more. That's true. And that was Reagan. We had the gun <laughs> control with Reagan, and now we got gun, you know, some gun control with Trump. Yeah, I feel and, like politically, most people out there need someone to fight that they can view as the enemy. And right now, no, for whatever reason, people can't look at Trump and say that he's the enemy, even though he gave us this ridiculous, uh, I don't know, is it a law? Can we can that can that actually can can the ATF actually make a law that the citizens of America have to follow? Does the ATF have that kind of power? According to the Constitution, no. Okay, that's not how it's supposed to work. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, uh, yeah. Listen to get back to get back to the whole thing. I think that from my point of view, I'm frustrated with this whole thing, and I want to let it go. That's why, like, I see people saying, "Hey, you got to let this go," and I agree with that. That's why I made the video. 
But but the reason why I was talking about love in that video is what's funny to me is lots of people want to tell me, either call me, text me, whatever, and tell me about love, oh, we love you. And I'm not saying you guys. I'm not saying the folks who support me. I know who supports me because I talk to you guys all the time and, you know, you guys are here and, you you know, we like you. You know, the two of you don't always come on the show, but I always hear from you guys and, and all that kind of stuff. So I know who actually really loves me, but the people who just want to call me up and tell me they love me and then say, move on. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of aggravating because what we should do is do something about it so I don't have to ask the question next time. You know, we should just do something about it. We should do it outside of like anyone else. If we know it and we see that it's there and we acknowledge it, let's do something about it. And even to the even to the extent of like the NRA annual meeting itself, I wish we had another meeting somewhere that everyone can get together and the companies could be there and uh, the people could be there. Right. And it had nothing to do with the NRA. Like guess, a meeting. guess guess what? Mm -hmm. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I, I really wish we could. I wish we could. That's a way I'll be willing to work with anyone on that. There's no there's no one in the gun community that I would say, no, I'm not going to work with on that, because I think if we did that, then we could all be there. We don't have to talk to each other. <laughs> we don't have to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Nobody has to drink any kind of Kool-Aid or anything. <laughs> you know, um, I, I say let's um, put it in motion. Um I think what you're talking about, I think that takes more than a year of planning. So I would say in yeah. two years, make it a yeah, deadline a, within a two-year time frame. Yeah, maybe in a couple of years. So Dan hates you, says, Hank, I love you, but move on. You don't love me, Dan. <laughs> don't even try that. <laughs> Dan hates you, says, party at Hank's. No, that's not happening. <laughs> we, you know, but that, it's not easy to organize something like that. So first of all, that's the, that's the super truth in there, right? Uh, Kathleen says she loves uh, Richard's parrot. Okay, do we have to go? Where, where is Pebbles? Is Pebbles there? He's back in his cage. Yeah, and YNH says this has been the plan all along, right, Hank? No, I don't. I don't have any plan. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't do things like this with a plan. I did it. I, I think if you if you guys need someone to tell you. Um, I think Mike just said it. You, Mike's asked me. Lots of people have asked me, right, Mike? You've probably witnessed other people asking me. Um, well, I'll say it behind the scenes because I, you know, I don't like to put my business out there, um, mm -hmm. personal business, but, um, something took place at NRA that Kevin Dixie was privy to. And, um, that was part of the conversation we had at, um, the cigar shop. Mm -hmm. okay. And that's what led up to the multiple questions of, um, why you're not there. And if this is stated for this reason, okay, mm -hmm. let's, make a change. But of course, when you hold the conversation with those guys one-on-one, -on -one, they'll steer the conversation so they can tell you what you want to hear. But after that, it never happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, listen, I think ultimately the truth is, is if we, you know, we do need to, we got to have some kind of communication with each other so that we can move on. I think that's Correct. the thing, because really here, what we're fighting for is to get America to realize that there's a lot of bullshit like this coming. No, oh, yeah. Right. This won't be the only thing. So the next thing you know, within your household, you're going to have multiple things that people could hit you with. And now you're a felon and you're going to spend serious time in jail and you're going to owe the government 
Not a company, not a credit card company. You're going to owe the government a lot of money. There's no way that's a good thing. And we have to get everyone on board with that. But some of the people that want to come on board with this, they have issues that have to get resolved. And I think that's just the thing. If anyone's worrying about me or whatever, this is not like, it's not really about me. Like, I'm not really wanting for anything. All I want is like my wife to be happy, my children to be healthy, you know, to be able to shoot my guns, <laughs> drive my cars, <laughs> you know, and, and chill out and like hang out with friends and stuff like that. I mean, I, I'm really good, but I think that I could, it's very easy for me to just wrap this all up and go away. And then what? You know, there's going to another person's going to step up here. And if they're like me, if they look like me, they're going to have some of these same issues. And so that's the thing. Ultimately, we got to talk about it, you know, so that people know that we see it. Because if we if we don't talk about it, then people are going to go, oh, these guys are just ignoring this. Well, we, we got to educate, not just talk about it. We have to educate. Yeah. I mean, look, we got Richard. You're the you're the token white guy on the panel, too. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm white. laughs> There's got a whole bunch of people in the chat that their heads just exp <laughs> exploded right now. <laughs> Richard's like, what? Hey, wait. I just like, I'm just light skinned. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you guys want to come out to an event, uh, we got the three-day event in September for the Creator Summit. That's the mm -hmm. 13th, 14th, and 15th. And uh, Gun Owners of America is going to be there. I think Fort Scott's going to be there. So a couple other okay. people are going to cool. be there. Cool. How do the peoples get in uh, – like how do they find out info about this event? So it's creatorsummit.us. That's the website. There's just a form on the bottom. Fill it out. And we got an event coming up on the 19th, which I will – that's a Sunday, May 19th. And I'll be there Saturday sometime whenever okay. me and Pebbles get there. Okay. And what are you guys doing? Like, what, So this is several days, right? This is not one day? So it's two different events. Uh, we got the one in May, May 19th. And then we got the one the 13th, 14th, and 15th. And this is over at uh, – Thunder Valley Precision, and you can shoot out to a mile, and Tyvin is going to bring all sorts of toys. He's got toys from Walter, so he's got the 50 cal, and he's going to let you shoot the 50 cal. you just got to bring your own ammo. And uh, the owner of um, Thunder The right kind of ammo, please. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Yeah, it's this big. Yeah, get the good stuff. <laughs> Don't mess around with that gun. I'm just, that's just my advice to you. Don't put something you loaded in there yourself and you overloaded it. That's not going to be nice. And I just want to give some props to Walter. I, I've, that's a beautiful piece. That is a really nice looking gun. I, I didn't expect it to be that good. Not like I thought anything bad of Walter, but I'm like, wow, that is looking good. Did you ever look at the How It's Made video that we did? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not on YouTube anymore. It's only on Gunstreamer now. So anyone who wants to see it has to go over to Gunstreamer. But um, and it's there and there's a bunch of videos if you've looked at stuff and it's missing or whatever, it's over there. But yeah, it's a good they they put something into that. So, you know, and I think Walter says that they're that they're going to they're working on it. And I don't want to announce anything for Walter because he's not here. I don't want to get in trouble with him in regards to that. But, um, you know, I think that there will be something. You just might have to have a couple of serial numbers on it. Mm hmm. So. Um, so if, there's, if there's some floating Tyvin's around out there, on a deal. okay, he's working on a deal. Go ahead. 
He's working mm-hmm. on a deal uh, with the owner of Thunder Valley. He does. He has all sorts of championship trophies for long-range shooting, and he's going to do some training classes. And I, I don't know the numbers on the classes, but normally it's like a couple hundred bucks. Uh, but he was going to train a group of us. I think it was like 40 or 50 bucks a head. Mm-hmm. Tyvin's there. He can tell me. Yeah, I don't know. Tyvin, are you in the chat? Let me get this comment out there real quick before I move on because comments are like flowing here. And shout out to everyone who's here. I'm not even sure how many people are watching, but if you're out there, please do the thumbs ups, okay? We appreciate that. Uh, what's up? What's up, Richard? Oh, yeah. Chris Armin Axis said he's him and his brother are going to be setting up a three-gun shoot, so there's going to be uh, three-gun shooting going on also. Okay, cool. Three, nice three-gun competition. I think, Mike, you need to go over there and kick their asses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can partake in some three-gun action. Yeah. <laughs> What's the pot? What are we winning here? Uh, uh, better yet, now, if I do the three-gun thing, I'm going to have to borrow your Kel-Tec because that's my next shotgun I want to get. Uh, my KSG? That'll work. That's okay. it, all day. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, let's see. So K-Rock says, despite all the concerns about the 2A, the gun community is pretty fractured. Part of it is location, another is local state interest. Um, something that is rarely talked about is the division of race. So I don't know if you guys want to um, uh, comment on that. <laughs> well, I think right, that's, can, you say that, can you say that one more time? Uh, hold on, let me see. Let me scroll back up here. I should have just popped it into the chat. Um, let's see. I hope I find it. Um, Well, at least paraphrase it. Can you paraphrase it? Basically, he's saying that the gun community is fractured and we don't talk about it. And I think that he says part of it is location. Some of it is race and stuff like that. Um, What do you guys what what do you think about that, Mike? Um, I I do agree with him. Um, Race is the separation. And just like I just said to some people in the chat or um, the one person I was talking with, like, a lot of the big name companies do not want to get behind a message of urban America. All right. Because um, mm-hmm. first we got to break down the stigma and um, the myths within mm-hmm. urban America. And then on top of that, it always flows back to education. Mm-hmm. So a shameless plug that we can do for education is um, bring aiming for the truth to your area with Kevin Dixie. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. if anybody wants to bring that event to your area, I do not have a problem helping people um, with the format of doing that. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's an easy setup, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it's just plug and play. And all you got to do is just contact people, talk to them. Somebody tell you no, go to the next person. Keep going till you get a yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that easy. I did yeah. it last year because I thought it was going to be harder than what it was. So how was the show? Hard. How was the uh, Aiming for the Truth? Wait, okay, so tell us that. Give us some details on that. How did you put... The Aiming for the Truth show together. Okay, so it, it started off with um, me making a phone call to Kevin, and I'm telling him I'm going to give him a hug. So I had to bribe him to come to South Carolina so I can give him the hug, first of all. All right? It didn't happen because he kept yeah. running. This is, like some Joe Bi- this is like some Joe Biden stuff going down here. No, 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 no. This is this is Michael Woodland standing his ground. Uh, he, no, he called me out. <laughs> so uh, af- after that, Guns, Guns serious, of August says Kevin's going to try to sell everyone a VP, a two thousand dollar VP nine. <laughs> um, in all honesty, um, what actually ended up taking place was um, he has a format that um, he wants aiming for the truth to follow. And mm-hmm. the easiest part about aiming for the truth is 
um, you bring in people who are the subject matter experts for the topic of discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, so like um, part of it was uh, mental awareness. Right. So you find somebody in your area who's willing to talk um, mental awareness and um, ask them, are they willing to come and talk, what, 15 minutes max about that area and whereas they can render help in that area. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I contacted someone and when they came in, it was a facility that pretty much stated that they are willing to help people who are, you know, in need of medical assistance. You okay. Know? Okay. So I'm, oh, lis- I'm listening to you. I'm also looking at the chat and something's going on there. So I don't know, Richard, figure out what's going on. I'm not really sure. Okay. So yeah. So, it, so you guys look for people in the area that can come and have these conversations, right? Correct. Okay. So it, mm-hmm. Yeah. It isn't just like, um, Katie is sitting there doing all the talking about his program. He's actually like, okay, I'm just a face, but these are the people that's going to make it happen because I'm, I don't live in this area. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just that networking portion, whereas that ball can start rolling and then the snowball effect happens. OK. All right. Yeah. So I think that um, that's a good idea, man. You know, and and uh, Kevin's probably, you know, a, a fun day. How, how did it go down with you? I can just imagine there was lots of preaching. Kevin, I think, is a gun preacher in my personal opinion. I don't, I don't know if he's going to agree with that. But I think <laughs> he's a gun preacher, man. I had to sit. I had to stand there for 50 minutes while I got lectured on the truth. I'm sorry. My, my knees were wobbling. My my, I was freaking thirsty. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna die right here. Uh, by the way, shout out to American Gun Trick. Uh, oh, I'm American for that. Gun Trick, what? American Gun Trick, <laughs> chick. She's gonna slap me for that it's one. On your mind, okay? Yeah. Oh, she uh, gonna get you now. That was the microphone. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. Okay, Brickell, don't. Whatever. Anyway, uh, American Gun Chick says, uh, Mike did a great job setting up Kevin's aiming for the truth event. It was great. I was there. Oh, cool. You guys had American Gun Chick there? What? Yeah. Yeah, she came there. Um, we hung out and everything, and um, I wanted to go home and go to sleep, but they kept nagging me about going downtown Columbia, and I'm like, you know how it is. You live in the area. You're more like, yeah, whatever, but other people who don't, you know, it's a sight for them. So yeah. we all went downtown, and we had a great time. Oh, Okay. American Gun Chick doesn't come to my event. So. <laughs> your house. What are you talking about? Huh? Oh, yeah, you got a range at your no. house. So that's <laughs> no, more reason does. to come there. I'm just messing around with her. I'm just messing around. Uh, <laughs> okay. So do you did you figure out what was going on um, in the chat? Because I don't know. I don't know if there was something. Um, I saw something about urban America and is urban America, the whole urban America thing, a myth? I'm not sure what that conversation was about. Because I know people have conversations during this thing. And I just wanted to see if there was something relative there that we should bring up and talk about it. Well, I, I think maybe the point is there's good and bad people in all kinds, whether mm-hmm. it's white guys, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that the whole point is we need to educate people. We need to go out to people. And, and I think this is important. It, a lot of us, one of the things that I've been learning, I'm active in the Palm Beach Tea Party is Mm -hmm. that there's a a group of people that come out to every meeting and that's all they do. Yeah. And uh, like we come here for two hours every night and this is all we do. We got to do better. Mm -hmm. We, we really need to, you know what? I've been in Orlando for six months during the week. I really need to reach out to the, you know, uh, 
LGBT community and say, hey, I'm here. Let, let's go out shooting. Let, let's do something. Mm-hmm. And maybe bringing Kevin, Kevin Dixie into, you know, here in Orlando or into Palm Beach and, and get an event together would, would be a smart thing to do. And you know, we need to get off our butts and do these things. That's true. I can't argue that one. I mean, okay, so let's say, is there, so I think, Mike, you brought up the Urban America. You said Urban America, right? Correct. So do you want to clarify what's Urban America? And if, I'm not trying to, like, come down on anyone in the chat. I really enjoy that that the folks in my chat have conversations. And I like that. They don't scream and shout at each other. I hope sometimes it gets crazy or whatever. But, you know, let's have that conversation a little bit. I think Richard's making a good point. What did you mean when you said Urban America? Okay, so um, actually, when you look at it, if we, if I say urban America right now, um, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Me personally, the hood. <laughs> okay, I'm thinking so, the hood. I don't know what about you. What about yeah, you? Yeah, so pretty much when you look at it from that standpoint, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty much what it is. Because urban America is nothing more than a location with a high human population, whereas their the jobs are scarce. Mm-hmm. So you're going to end up getting people who are going to start eating their own because people are going to do what they're going to do for survival. And that's why we have a lot of people in, um, in the inner city Americas who are selling drugs and everything. Yeah. But, um, so now let's look at Chicago as this outlet. If you was to put more jobs in the Chicago area, Mm -hmm. right, that crime rate and the shooting spree will come down, you know, as we know it, you know, but, at the same time, from from just the interjection of of more jobs, you think? Yes, most okay. definitely. Because okay. all right, so I don't know if I hundred percent agree with that. Um, that's not oh, no. what happened I mean, in it's, Detroit, it's, it's, but yeah, no, I'm just saying yeah. it's not a foolproof plan. Right, right, right. That will occur majority of the nonsense that mm-hmm. goes on, because mm-hmm. if you give people that responsibility, um, if you get a high, a good paying job or a job that you really enjoy doing, regardless of what the pay, right? You're going to put forth the respect to keep it going on and on and on. Yeah. Now, you know? so let me let me just, a uh, uh, couple of things here I want to jump into. One, American Gun Chick says, uh, laugh out loud, yeah, we kept Mike out past his bedtime, but I skipped Maxim's Hot 100 party for that event. True story. And I do it all again, family first. Um, if I was there, American Gun Chick, I would tell you, let's go to the Hot 100 event. Me personally, um, no, I, and well, then we'll sneak actually, in, and then we'll sneak back in. But uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I can actually say that Maxim, um, Hot 100. The, the conversations we had when American Gun Chick came here, we should have had the cameras out for a majority of that conversations. Like yeah. we had our own little roundtable going on. And we was bringing other people into the conversations also. Yeah. So well, that's um, what I okay. So that's what I like about um, Brickell. The fact that, like, I know people may look at her and uh, make assumptions. I get it. You know, everyone does that. Uh, I do it to people. People do it to me. But Mm -hmm. I think that she's really in this. And I think that she has, like, a genuine story and a genuine opinion. She doesn't try to pretend to be an expert or super tactical or that she was a a Marine or whatever. You know, she she talks from a very uh, real point of view. And I think this thing matters to her. That's my opinion. Um, She's not paying me, but I'll be happy to get some money. But I, I do think that I do think that's what it is. And well, I, w- I wanted to say, I'm, go ahead. What? No, I'm just going to say when she was here, she was asking a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just questions about um, about gun stuff. It was more about 
life stuff. Like why we do this? Why do people do that? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But I think she was just digging to get a perspective of how other people think around her. Also, she, yeah, I think she's I think she's intelligent enough to uh, the per- you got to you got to be worried about the people that ask questions. <laughs> you know, that's like a sign of intelligence, in my opinion. I think you, you should ask questions. But I think, Richard, what I was going to say is when we're talking about urban America, I, I don't know what you think about this. I think that we shouldn't th- let people believe that we're just talking about black people. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, there's there's uh, I, I kind of joke when I was uh, consulting and I'd be flying in and out of West Palm Beach and there's a whole bunch of trailer parks on the you know approach path into West Palm Beach. Like, oh, don't want to be them. It's probably a whole bunch of crackers like me you know, mm-hmm. living there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, there's places, as Mike, as you described it, it's these places that there's a high population of people, but that's not always, th- that is black people, that that's Latinos, that could be, you know, that could be anyone. It could be uh, white people, uh, you know. And it just we, depends on your demographics in the area. Yeah, the, the people, as we were saying before, that are not rich enough and do not have enough power to get away, to get under, or have a shield against all these crazy-ass laws the government is making, that's who we're talking about. Right. That's who we're talking about. And those people are setting themselves up when they support lots of people out there. And uh, this is going to shock some people, including Republicans. <laughs> I don't believe that they should just willy-nilly support Republicans. I'm kind of, like, saddened that the Tea Party kind of, like, fizzled out or got absorbed somehow into the Republican Party. It kind of pisses me off because I wish the now Tea Party... We're anti-Republican Party for the most part. Oh, okay, okay. But it's but did some people split off from the from the Tea Party and go into the into the, just like get absorbed into the Republican Party? What happened here? You know, there there's been a very successful PR campaign to brand the Tea Party as racist. This is that it, uh, and that's really what led to the degradation of it. And so, in the Palm Beach County, we used to have three Tea Party meetings on a regular basis. In one meeting, there would be a thousand people uh, each month there. Now it's like the biggest meeting we have uh, in Jupiter is like thirty people, and it's the same people every time. Yeah, and that's and a- I'm the youngest one there. Yeah, and uh, and so this is the this is the whole thing of who of who we're talking to. There's a lot of people out there, and you know I think that we 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 do need to get these people to understand what's going on. A lot of times they don't necessarily pay a hundred percent attention to all these laws, and that's like evident. And I think that's the reason why you need someone like Kevin Dixie, Marsh Teray, uh, us, whoever it is, whatever it is that gets people to come into something. Like, they're, oh, I want to see these people or I want to find out about this. You need to do it because I've been places and seen people. Like, when I talk to people and I say, oh, did you know we have this? They're like, what the hell are you talking about? No, they made a law about that. What? They made, you know, no one realizes the bumps. Like, you see the headline for the bump stock ban. People don't realize that's 10 years. They don't realize it's a $250,000 fine and that the ATF made it up and no one in Congress... And no one in the White House technically has responsibility. NRA opened up the thing. Uh, Trump said, oh, maybe you guys should look at this ATF. ATF said, oh, we changed our mind from the last three times. <laughs> right? And, and there's lots of people who don't understand it. You know, and I think that that's something that I see that in lots of people. That's not just black people that don't realize that's happening. That's lots of people that don't realize what it's, what's happening there. That's Latinos. That's a white people that and the very people who the laws are going to be used against. Right. Yes. 
Yes. You know, and it's uh, look, I was looking at um, Joe Rogan, who I think he had on last night. I'm trying to remember her name right now. She was a um, she was a volleyball player. Very tall. I think it's Gabby Reese or something was on there. And um, they, they had this conversation about how in L.A. there's all these Latinos and, you know, with the whole border thing or whatever's going on. And like, you know, every, everyone's worried about that. And she was like, yeah, but you guys have power. You know, there's more Latinos here than anyone else, and you're like your own nation. Now, I know people are going to have issues with that conversation. Here's what I'm saying. If those people are American citizens, which a lot of them are, if they're American citizens and they have the right to vote, then they do have power. You have to be careful who you give that power to because, right. because those people will put you in jail when they make laws like this. That goes to Latinos. That goes to black people. That goes to white people, to Asians, whoever. Think about who you're supporting. Don't just support people based on color of skin. Don't even support them based on what party they're in. If they make up laws that put you in prison, potentially, then you've got to be scared. You've got to be worried about them. That they're making up those laws at the same time that that other things, they're like, oh, no, this, we don't, this shouldn't be criminal anymore. Or, you know, we should leave people like this alone. <laughs> think about that. Well you know, the whole thing is, is um, the easy scapegoat is to make it whereas you can't exercise your right to vote. Because if you don't have the power to say anything, you just have to take what's given. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Richard, do you have a, do you want to jump in there? I know you're taking a look at the chat. It's it's going like crazy, so. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of things. Um, the one... I, you know, I grew up in New York like you did, and my family goes back like 100 and change years, uh, actually in the same darn house. And I was always a 2A guy. Uh, I always thought we should have Second Amendment rights, and I, I knew I'd never own anything in New York. And did, there was, was, a time was your family into guns, or was it just you? I, you know, it's funny. Uh, my dad hunted, but he never took me hunting. And as a kid, my, my introduction to, you know, two a security or, you know, handling was those are my guns. I'm putting here, them here. If you ever touch them or think about touching them, I am going to beat you within an inch of your life. <laughs> he didn't exactly say that, but that's the message I understood. He could have used, he could have used some education basically. <laughs> it, and basically if, if for 10 years, if you asked me and my sister, if there are any guns in the house, we'd say, no, we, it, we like, it was like the mind eraser. It just took it out of our mind. They didn't exist. Okay. It, when I got a gun, I showed my wife and daughter, always treat it as though it's loaded, keep the barrel pointed away from anything, you know, important. And, you know, this is how you check that it's loaded or not. And I made sure they understood, you know, how to safely handle firearms. In uh, the first time I heard that, I was working in Louisiana, in Monroe, Louisiana, and you know, one of the guys said his his kid um, was it Down syndrome. Uh, I, he said every time my son wants to see the gun, I clear it and I put it on the table. He can take it apart. I show him how to take the slide off. This way, they're not curious about it in a bad way that'll mm -hmm. injure them. That they have free access to whatever they want, and that they understand how it works in gun safety. That's like anything and, else, right? I mean, I think if you think about that, Mike, that's anything else, right? If you if you um, if there's alcohol in your house, don't deny your kids from drinking. Let them taste it a little bit and, you know, 
Um, same thing with yeah. Same thing with driving. You can't tell your kids, oh, you're not gonna. You know, you have to show them. You have to talk to them about these things. Are strangers and all that kind of stuff, right? I think that's the point yeah, you're um, making there. Uh, a lot of people um, do that with their children now. Like for instance, um, when my daughter was young, real young, I used to always put her in my lap and let her control the steering wheel. Like when I was in a parking lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But now that she's a little bit older, I give her the option. Do you want to ride in the back of the truck or do you want to drive? Mm-hmm. And majority of the time, you know, she's 50-50. If it's a nice day, she'll want to go in the back of the truck. <laughs> but if it's, you know, kind of cool or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of dark, she'll be like, I want to drive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think these – go ahead, Richard. I know I, I, you, you still have part of your, uh, your, your conscious flow there that you want to – yeah i you know i think the big important thing is one we all need to become activists i think people need to be introduced to guns and i have a my my daughter's flute instructor uh he's uh, he's a gay man who's married and he said back when i was consulting so this is more than six months ago he's like next time you're in town i want to go to the range with you Mm-hmm. Like, dude, it's on. Let's go. We haven't gotten together. Here's somebody I know really well, and I haven't closed the deal on. And I'm just saying mm-hmm. I'm guilty as everybody else. And what we need to do is move from the can't mentality to the can mentality. Think about you yourself growing up in New York mm-hmm. and your exposure to guns. And basically, it was very it was bad. Like- it was very bad. I could tell you that because my exposure was uh, through things that would scare the shit out of you to think that your kids had any kind of... I mean, I grew up in New York City in Far Rockaway in the crack 80s, so um, <laughs> that was my exposure to guns. Uh, it, was, it wasn't really a, a very good thing. And, um, and how, like, when I would get my hands on guns and I would try to take them apart, you know, and then try to put them together and stuff like that. So, and then I also noticed there were all these guys having shootouts and they weren't even hitting each other. And they were like, you know, 10, 15 yards away from each other and having shootouts and stuff like that. And other people were getting hit that didn't have anything to do with it, you know. Do you know the NYPD had a program to train gangbangers how to shoot more accurately? Okay. Hold on. Explain that one. Explain that one, please. (laughs) Because bystanders were getting hit, just like Hank was saying. Um, So did the NYPD have a program to teach police officers on the NYPD how to shoot without hitting people? (laughs) (laughs) They they should have started there. My my favorite (laughs) NYPD story, this is when Bloomberg was, you know, warring on the big gulps. Mm -hmm. Uh, that there was a shooting at the Empire State Building, and then the PD shot like eight bystanders when the guy came out. two years ago, right? And they said, don't worry about it. They all had big gulps. It was okay. Yeah, (laughs) okay, whatever. Look, let me tell you something. The whole thing about this this stuff, like what we saw recently that was in the news with uh, Nipsey Hussle, right? Young guy, grew up in in, in, in a gang and all that kind of stuff, but he was always business-minded he like when you listen to people talking about him he's always an old soul that's how i came across him i i didn't really listen to his music i came across him because i saw him on gary v which i'm a fan of right gary v is like a motivational person for folks on social media if anyone out there doesn't know who gary v or gary vaynerchuk is i'm a fan of his and that's how i discovered that guy and i always thought like wow this guy is you know doing his thing and he stayed in the hood the 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 empty lot that he um, that he used to hang out with the gangs when he was a kid. 
that empty lot where they used to do all kinds of bad things and get chased out of and arrested and everything, he bought that and turned it into stores. Wow. Okay? And he employed people and he had like, he, he introduced technology into what he was doing. He hired young kids that understood technology. Like he, he said that one day he was in Starbucks or something. He saw this young kid um, doing like some virtual thing. You would know about this, Richard. He was like doing something where it was virtual and he was controlling the pad and he was writing some software, I think, for like uh, self-driving cars or something. And, and he was like, listen, I want you to, to work with me. You know, he made him his chief technology officer and stuff like that. And I was like, wow. And I think if not the day that he got killed or the next day, he was going to meet with the, uh, with the police department in L.A., the L.A. police department to talk about how they can, you know, reduce gun violence and how they can help the community and all that kind of stuff. And this is the thing that we have to think that, you know, you can't discredit that. You, you cannot discredit that. Because if you get people to realize, first of all, in all these things that you can have a gun legally and defend yourself, you could do it. But if you do this, you're throwing it away. It's like California, right? We all feel like we've lost California for that reason. But why is it we lost California? It's not the politicians. It's the people who don't understand. And when they go vote, they just vote for, oh, this person's a Democrat. Oh, screw them. They're a Republican. Sometimes California goes Republican. The Republican's not really a Republican. You know, but if they really understood these rights that they have and how they can defend themselves and how they can do things legally and own stuff, imagine if you could have a gun store in the hood. Imagine if you could have a range in the hood. Think about this. Then you can then then you can have people saying, yeah, we don't want to be part of these gangs. We could defend ourselves. We don't have to rely on the police departments to do it or the gangs to do it. That's why a lot of kids go into gangs, right? Because they're worried. Well, I, I think it's a peer group issue. Yeah. And when you what I I'm always conscious of who my peer group is like, hey, I'm hanging out with these people. So this is my peer group. They're a reflection of me. I'm a reflection of them. And I, I think it's living in the can't. Like, I can't do anything other than join a gang. I can't do anything other than sell dope. I can't do anything. You need to get people into the can. I'm sounding like Josh Coburn here. But that I can do this. Yeah. It, but what, and I and think, I'm also guilty of it. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, Mike, you could jump in on this. I don't know what your personal experience is, but mine is that a lot of times kids get involved in these things because of power. And there's nothing wrong with power, but responsible power is what we need to teach people instead of irresponsible power. You know, this, this, is, this is like what's missing a lot of times, right? No one gets in there and says, yeah, you know, you could do this thing. You could go to the range and you could do this. You could go long distance shooting. You could be a competitive shooter. There's, there's some kind of power in that. I'm not trying to be, what is it? Hyper masculine toxic, whatever. <laughs> That thing is, but this, this, but, but what it is, is that these kids are afraid and they think that I'm going to, you know, these guys have power and they could protect me. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Um, a lot of it, um, like I said, both of y'all are right in a sense, but, um, you got to remember, um, in California, um, how the gangs are structured. Um, you can have friends in another neighborhood and just because that neighborhood is represented by a different, um, organization, that's where the beef comes in at. And, you know, people don't want you talking to whoever because of the association. 
you know, so even when you sit there and you look at it, um, for a lot of people who don't understand gang life, um, it's, it's hard to put it in perspective because of where you're forced to live. You don't have the money to move out of that area because once again, it comes back to jobs. Mm hmm said earlier yeah obviously obviously Um, it's not it's not a simple solution but what i think is that if the kids we can't just say like look i agree with what you said if there was jobs that that could help i don't think that that's the only solution right um, well no now in the defense of a lot of gang members um a lot of the gang members that i know are very business smart and doing a lot of positive stuff for their area it's just the people who are associated with them, where it goes down the line, that's where the negativity comes in at. So you're guilty by association. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the enforcement part of a gang. How is that different from a police department? This is the problem that we're dealing with. So if we just want to, like, I know, you know, I don't want anyone to think that this is a simple solution because there's not. Also, like, it's complicated to do this. But let's talk about the enforcement part. And what I mean by that is if you live in, a, in an area, and I saw people talking about this, if you're worried, like, let's say you're living somewhere and the cops are killing everyone. Is mm-hmm. the solution to get rid of the cops? Because if the cops are not there, who's the enforcement? Who, and, and who's the enforcement in, in, in these areas? Is the gangs or the cops or both of them, right? And that's what we're talking about. And often I try to tell people, if you are your own enforcement, this changes things. So now if you're a kid, obviously, you know, there, there's things to that, right? You, you can't, you know, go out there as a kid and go buy an AR-15 or whatever it is and then become so your own enforcement. you get them a salad or a book. <laughs> right, okay, well, you know, the thing I'm saying to you, though, is there's a lot of places where people aren't able to do that. They're not able to be their own enforcement. You know, so therefore, it's got to be someone doing it. It's either the police or the gangs or both, right? And then they have to make a choice. Do they roll with the cops or do they roll with the gangs? And most of the time in that situation, they're going to roll with the gangs because, you know, whatever, they look like them and all those kinds of things. And I think if we eliminate that kind of stuff, you know, if we change that and, and you let people be responsible for their own enforcement, you could change things. Isn't that what you saw in the riots when you had, like, the cops weren't there protecting people's property and then you had business owners were protecting their own thing? Right. You had some of that. And I think it's not the only solution, but it's part of it that's going to change what's going on here. There's obviously uh, many other parts uh, of this whole thing that's going to change everything. But I think that you have to allow people to, for the most part, to be their own enforcement. I don't believe in getting rid of cops, by the way. I think we need small police departments that are well paid, well trained and well vetted before they become police officers. Okay, Richard Hughes just put on a hat. Um, Walter said nice shirt, so I figured I'd... Oh, you're, re- you're repping. Okay, I'm, I'm running on. So what do you think about that, Mike? Um, I agree with you. I do believe that um, we do need law enforcement to an extent. Um, I just don't agree with um, the politics of the police department. All right. Um, the one thing I don't agree with is the constant patrolling of, once again, inner city urban America. Because I think... Once you do something along that measure, the presence alone is enough to trigger the negative. You know, so you know how some people are just try something, for instance, let's get the cops to chase us or let's do this to make them react or, you know, then it gets blown out of proportion. 
Okay. All right. Do you want to react to that? Um, do you have? Well, a- yeah. So um, way back when I actually worked for Bill Branton at one company that had nothing to do with law enforcement, but Bill Branton had a policy of stop and frisk And the way they enacted the stop and frisk. And some people uh, say that it was, you know, racist or violating their rights. What they did is they did something that the Israelis do. Um, like when you get on a plane in Israel, you don't go through Profiling. the student TSA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they profile the people, but they watch their eye movements, their facial expressions. Mm-hmm. They'd walk up to a guy that they thought was suspicious say, hey, you're not carrying any weapons, are you? Like nuclear bombs, hand grenades, whatever. And they'd watch what he did. And based on that – and don't get me wrong. There's a large area for corruption. But the short of it is I think there were uh, 1,200 shooting deaths a year, and it went down to 400. So 800 people a year are alive because of that procedure. So we, I'm kind of giving you the counterpoint on mm-hmm. that, right? And I'm not go, saying it's the right way to do it, right? Right. Uh, go. Did you want to respond to that, Mike? Yeah, I was going to say, um, in a lot of places where you look at it, when it comes to profiling, right? Who are the ones that's always getting profiled? It's the kids, whether they're black, like white or Hispanic, or even Asian, it doesn't matter. But when they dress a certain way, baggy jeans, big shirt, puffy jacket, baseball cap, to either however they wear it front, back, or to the side, all right? That's where the profiling starts, mm-hmm. you know? But if these same people wore a suit or yeah. dressed up in slacks or something like that, and they still did the same crime activity, would that profiling still be going on? Um, now, would it just happen uh, uh, by association in yeah. the area? My uh, favorite scene is the one uh, Men in Black with Will Smith, and they're all shooting, and he shoots the girl with the physics book. <laughs> Do you remember that scene? Yes, because she looked kind of uh, like a little girl in the middle of the hood late at night. She looked kind of suspicious. <laughs> she had no business yeah. being there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She had no business being there. Yeah. Uh, that was a great line, man. We got we to gotta do the Men in Black thing one time. Okay, go ahead. What, what we Actually, before we get back to that, Dan hates you, uh, gave us five bucks. He says, the last time Kevin Dixie was on, Hank sounded a little like the writings of Fre- Frederick Bastiat, but I don't know. I don't think he knows who the hell that is. No, I don't, actually. (laughs) I don't even know who that is. (laughs) I don't know if that's good or bad or what. (laughs) With that, so, um, okay. Thank you. I appreciate the the, uh, appreciate the the comment and, um, and the support there. Dan hates you. Thanks. So go ahead. Well, okay. So you were you were talking about the little girl in the with the physics books. Go ahead. Right. It, he looked like, hey, you know that space monster. He just had a runny nose, and he's got a hanky in his hand, and you know he went through the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. what is a threat versus what isn't a threat, or what is suspicious? And uh, that- that's true. But also, let me put it to you this way. So I remember when I came to America to live here, I was a very nerdy kid. Um, I had a British accent. I basically looked like uh, Michael Jackson wanted to look, right? I had like, I was a mix, so I had, you know, curly hair, all that kind of stuff, you know. I was younger than a lot of people because when they tested me, uh, I was 11 and they tested me and they figured I should be in high school. So they put me at the end of junior high school and I started high school when I was 12 years old. Why am I telling you all of that? So, yeah. 
So now getting, being this kid with a British accent, getting picked on, the dress funny and all that kind of stuff because I came from somewhere else. How, it didn't take, by the time I graduated high school, I looked like one of those kids you're talking about because you adapt. You know, right. especially when you're a kid, you adapt to your environment. So um, it's not to say that all the kids on the block, all of them are innocent, but most of them actually are. But they have to look like that, otherwise they, they lose their urban camouflage that even you see everyone else having. If you go work in an office building, everyone has suits on. Because if you're the crazy-ass guy walking around with kitten t-shirts and short pants and flip-flops, everyone's going to point you out, right? So in that oh, yeah. environment, your urban camouflage is your suit. If you're a kid in the hood, you've got to dress, dress and even act like everyone else in the hood. And maybe even you have to do some things to protect yourself because you've seen your friends get killed or, and all this kind of stuff. So it's a weird, crazy situation. And I'm not trying to say that we can, that we can solve it here, but it, you know, it is a thing if people are actually talking about this and thinking about it, um, you know, in terms of... Uh, in terms of reality, I think this this stuff can be solved because ultimately kids just want to be safe. That's what most kids want. They just want to be safe, you know, but when you're in this environment, it changes you. And I could tell you it changed me. There's no way growing up at that time that I could uh, I could not be like that. Um, let's see. E.G. John E.G. Smith says Hank needs to post a pic of his youth. <laughs> Um, you had one of those. <laughs> yeah, I think there are some. And we probably need to switch over to some new stuff here, but um, let I me like see. I like the one with you in the MC Hammer pants. MC Hammer pants? <laughs> <laughs> the MC Hammer pants. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, here. I'll go to some pics in my youth, and I'll share it with folks here. Well, just to switch it up, and we'll get into some stuff. So this is me. I am probably... For anyone who's looking at this, and I know there's like a little bit of a delay on, on everything. So this is me at, uh, I'm going to say right here, I was 16 or 17 years old. I graduated 17 from uh, 16 years old from high school. So in like March, I turned uh, 16, and in June, I graduated. That's what I look like, pretty much like my sons. Check out the Gucci bracelet. That's gold and diamonds right there. Boom. And I think, I don't know if that's a Movado or what the hell that watch is I have on. <laughs> but this is one, it's not a Kuji sweater, but this is those expensive. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, you kind of look like Special Ed in that picture. Yes, I do. <laughs> except, uh, except better looking, no, better no. looking. Better For looking. everybody who doesn't know, Special Ed was a rapper back in um, the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, he's from the, his family's from the Caribbean, like me. Correct. Yeah, I'm, I was definitely better looking than him, but he's cool. I met I met Special a couple times. It's my favorite rapper. You mm -hmm. know, I got land in the West Indies. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so um, this is me actually when I was a little kid. So from the this this right here is my brother Anonymous, that um, is a person who encouraged me to get into this whole Second Amendment thing. And sometimes I wonder why. <laughs> this is my younger brother right there, and that's me right next to my sister and this is well when we all lived in nigeria and i think that's my little sister right there she's like uh i think she's just turning a year old in this picture she was born in england but she turned one in nigeria and uh my sister is hood as hell man she's like a straight up brooklyn chick right now um this is me i think uh sometime after my graduation right there check that out boom kind of mean mugging it <laughs> had a high hair back then that's like kind of like a Gumby, right? I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a, some kind of tie. 
you know. And um, this was me when I said I looked like Michael Jackson. I wasn't kidding you, except I'm wearing fake pleather right there. Boom! boom. <laughs> so that's me. I think this is around the time when I, I, I think I was probably 12 or 13 years old in this picture that you guys see right here. So, yeah, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? He used to moonwalk? Um, I can never figure out how to do the moonwalk, no. <laughs> I came to America when Michael Jackson was huge. I think when I... In 1983, when we came to live here, if I'm not mistaken, someone look it up. That's when Off the Wall debuted, right? The album Off the Wall? Right. I think it's 1983, right? We can look that up and see. Uh, was that then, 83, 85? Yeah, yeah, it was like, it was the early 80s. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Rondell no, Stewart no. says Kid and Play. Boss Hogg says Young Hank. Y&H says Kid and Play. <laughs> Uh, Vanessa Kitty says she grew up in a house exactly five miles of where she's at right now. Uh, K-Rock says uh, he lived in Brooklyn all his life. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. I used to live in Bed-Stuy. I was actually living in Bed-Stuy um, uh, when I turned, I think it was when I was 25 years old or something, something like that. In Bed-Stuy, the day that Biggie died, that's on my birthday. Uh, wow. Let's see. Uh, if it wasn't for the police targeting gangs and crime in the most violent neighborhoods, this city would be a war zone like Chicago is today. Um, I think in, I don't know, I think in some cases it it is a war zone. <laughs> so I'm not going to say that. There, I, I don't know. I think Chicago's probably worse. But yeah, Chicago's been like that um, a lot longer, I would say. I think New York has its issues, and there's definitely gangs in New York now. So, I mean, there's always been gangs. There's always been the mafia and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, Chicago's, is Chicago, what's the, what's the worst city that we would say in, uh, in, in America? It's not L.A., it's probably Chicago, right? In terms of gang violence and all that stuff. I, mean, yeah, I don't know what the worst is, but I know it's a little bit in every place in America. Yeah. Rodney Brady says, I had to pull over. Hank looks like Keith Sweat with Coliseum jewelry on. Oh, the Coliseum. Yeah. How do you know that? <laughs> yeah, I used to go. The Coliseum. That's a store. Uh, Jamaica Avenue. <laughs> right? He says, pardon the misspelling. Yeah, Jamaica Ave. Yeah, I used to rock jewels and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> Okay, cool. So there you go. You guys got uh, a little bit of. Should we go to? Should we go to some new stuff? I don't know if we're missing any news out there. Um, and C Four Defense is checking in. He says hello from the road on the way to Wanamaker in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wanamaker. Okay, that's cool. There you go. CB says Chicago in summer is bad. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I I've been saying this to Sarge. I I looked at. I watch Mark Dice every morning. Mark Dice, he's like on a, a 720p camera. It, it got more subs than all of us. Mm -hmm. So C4, I think it's content, content, content. You know, just like real estate is location, location, location. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I would, uh, I don't know. What do you think? What's the, what's the uh, subject that you guys are talking about that that comes up? Well, C4 Defense was talking about buying better cameras. You know, he didn't know if he was going to go for the new uh, Hero 7 Black or, or he's going to get some DSLR setup. And, you know, I think it's all about content. Just, uh, you know, produce the content. I'm 
I'm totally lame. I shoot everything on my phone. It's either my Note 8 or my Note 4. I'm mm-hmm. shooting all my video. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I would say, like, when I started doing this, I started on an iPhone 3. But I'm into cameras and stuff like that. So if you're into cameras, get expensive cameras. I think ultimately you can use your phone, get a good phone. It doesn't have to be the iPhone. I think Samsung has some really good stuff. And then I saw the Huawei, Richard. I think I'm saying that right. Huawei yeah, has yeah. a good phone now, right? They've got a decent mm-hmm. phone out there. Um, I think do what you get the best camera that you can afford and then go from there, you know? And in a lot of cases, you can get free editing software, start from there. If you're into all this editing and all that kind of stuff, then do it. But if you're not, you know, be straightforward and simple and, um, you know, just do the best videos that you can do and just, like the big thing about this is do something every day and then the next day do something else. I make a video, I forget about it. When I, when I, um, first of all, I have like 20 videos waiting for me to edit. So we shoot, Richard knows he was with us. We shoot a bunch of videos whenever we, you know, when, whenever we're on the range and then I edit them. But once I edit something and I put it up there, I, I answer questions for, for, you know, for a certain period of time if, if I have the ability to. But and then I move on from it to the next thing. So uh, what about you, Mike? What's your do you have any camera advice? I know you're coming from a competitive point of view. Uh, yeah, I got um two cameras um two sony cameras um one of them i have for like five years another one i just got like a couple months ago um but pretty much everything i put on instagram for my camera and the videos that i put on youtube and gunstreamer are from the videos yeah len holt says stay away from huawei uh (laughs) uh richard i don't know if you want to take this i think yeah huawei's are designed to to be hacked easily am i right or wrong there richard yeah, well, you don't want the Chinese backdoor and all of your equipment, so. Yeah, uh, I don't want to be backdoored by any Chinese anything. I don't want to be backdoored by any ethnicities or anybody. For that. I don't care. I don't want anybody backdooring me. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, so so is that so, like is that situation with Huawei having, you know, um, like making it easy for people to, to get in, has that been fixed or is that not fixed? Uh, I don't know. A buddy of mine does a lot of cell phone stuff, you know, do, uh, does podcasts on cell phones. And I always refer to him. Uh, there's one, it's, it's pronounced chewy, but it's spelled differently and he likes their phones. But again, you, you want to be careful with what you're doing and, and how you're putting that data on your network. Um, I got a beef with Comcast right now because, uh, I, in fact, I was in Orlando for two weeks and we went over our data cap of one terabyte at home. And I'm watching the data. I, just, just so everybody knows, I am a software-defined data center cloud architect. I know this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to these you know, guys at Comcast. They're like, well, maybe you've been hacked. Maybe somebody's on your Wi-Fi. I'm like, I live on an acre and a quarter of property. All of the uh, Wi-Fi devices are authenticated by not only a username and password and MAC address. So nobody can connect to my network. And I'm telling them, I'm running stats on my network. I'm showing a 10 to 1 ratio. You're saying I'm pulling down 10 times the amount of data. Like, well, maybe you have a virus. Or I'm like, quit reading the script. I don't because mm-hmm. I see what's going through my network right now. Hey, you know, we all got to be careful. We all got to be careful who we're sharing our data with. And when, whenever you install an app on your phone and you click the accept, accept, accept because you just want the app, you, you really need to be careful about that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Um, okay, and that yeah, I agree with you. So that's that that's basically the reason why I was asking um why I was asking Richard about this. If anyone knows, this is kind of Richard's wheelhouse of what he does. So um and then here's the thing, and, and I'm gonna get let you get back to that because I don't know if you were finished with that, Mike, on your um on camera on the camera situation. But KY Guns and Radio says the backdoor thing is a myth. I don't know if he's joking or is that true that it's a myth, or what would you say to that, Richard? Hey, I, I'm worried. So what happens with the, the Chinese intellectual uh, property is um, what – so I, I worked at the Mayo Clinic, and there's two big employers in Rochester, Minnesota. One was the Mayo Clinic. The other was IBM. And the guy I, I was renting a room from there, he worked at IBM, and basically they would design stuff. And then they would ship it – like he would design the test equipment for what they were building in China, and then they would send the stuff over there. And the problem with that is the happy accidents that you learn from doing the entire process aren't happening anymore. Uh, like Scotch-Brite was a mistake. The guy dropped a chemical on a shoe, but he always had copious notes. He remembered the day it happened, looked through his notes, and figured out what chemical it was, and that's how Scotch-Brite was invented. So these new manufacturing processes, if they're going to be designing chips, you know, to a, you know, use lower power or to a higher density, they may be a happy accident that happens in China as opposed to here. But the intellectual property thing, and Trump talks about this a lot, is that when we, let's say, IBM goes to manufacture something in China, they got to show them the entire blueprint and everything. Yeah, they got they give it away anyway. They, yeah. So they get basically the Chinese government gets all of the intellectual property. Yeah, and without people, any restriction. And they hack people. Like I know my brother is in IT, and he says that his clients, when they go to China, they come get their computers wiped and all of that, so they're clean. They go for a couple of days, a week, come back, <laughs> a million viruses yeah, on there. Yeah, they have yeah, to get wiped again. A burner laptop, a burner phone. Yeah. With you. You, yeah, you don't yeah, they, go with regular. Equipment. Yeah, they use burners and stuff like that. And uh, let's not forget, I don't know if you heard about this, uh, Mike, but um, you guys heard that, you know, um, uh, Jeff Bezos hired a security firm to find out what happened, like how his girlfriend, the situation got leaked. And who was it? It was uh, the Saudis. <laughs> the Saudi. No, it was the Saudis hacked him. Saudis. The Saudis. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did you um, did you look into that story? Did you look into that story, Richard? I just read the title. Yeah. So basically, what happened was I think that Jeff Bezos um, owns uh, Washington Times or something like that. Washington Post. What? Uh, yeah, some kind of west, some kind of West Coast newspaper, and they were talking about this whole Khashoggi incident that happened, where where the Saudis killed this guy in an embassy. And and they were investigating it and everything, and the and the Saudi prince wasn't very happy about that. And they they somehow were able to hack Jeff Bezos, and that's how they got all those pictures and put all his stuff out there. Or at least that's the story. I mean, if you're a conspiracy guy, you might not buy that one either. <laughs> the Saudis yeah. deny it. Oh, of course they deny it. <laughs> they also deny killing Khashoggi. Right. Yeah. They so, they had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, Mike, did you want to end? Did you need? Did you want to say something about the camera thing? Or were you no, no, that, that was it. That's all I had about the camera. I just used um, two Sony um, camcorders and then my um, Google Pixel. Yeah. You know, that's, that's all I use for okay. social media. Pixel's nice. Yeah. And Scamp900 says, did you mean Scotchgard? I think you meant, did you not say I'm Scotchgard? I'm sorry, Scotchgard, yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so the other thing is, are we missing news on the California um, the California magazine ban? Did they put that back in effect? I don't know. I have uh, to. Yeah, I read somebody in the chat said something about um, yeah. 5 p.m. tomorrow or I think that's what he said. It goes back into effect Holy by 5 crap. p.m. tomorrow. Um, can, can someone confirm that for me? Uh, one of you guys look that up here. I do have some new stuff that I wanted to talk about. So let me see how I'm going to do this. Uh, Okay, I'm going to do it this way. So I'm going to go to screen capture. No, hold on. I got to go up. Oh, I'm on the wrong thing here. Okay, let's do this again. And I'm going to go to screen capture just to show everyone. So right here I have the Australian. Um, and it says Australian military supplier drops U.S. gun sale. And it's basically talking about the, um, the arms company making the Australian military standard issue assault rifle has dropped plans to sell a semi-automatic versions to civilians in the United States. And this is all because they don't, they feel like we shouldn't, you know. Um, so, but so today a sales, a sales spokesman said the company had dropped plans to sell any of the rifles to civilian markets on ethical grounds. That's some bullshit right there. <laughs> mm. What do you guys think about that? I mean, that, that's like a bullpup thing. I'm trying to see if I've come across it before. It's from Lithgow Arms. So, have you guys ever heard of the Lith Lithgow Arms? No, I never heard of it, but... um, Yeah, basically they think say, that we can't have this rifle because we're... Yeah, you know. I think everybody who has something to do with the decision process of a firearm, they should make it mandatory for them to go to some form of a class and the range and do the shooting aspect so they can understand a different perspective of it before they make a decision. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like, we have people that have no clue. I heard on Fox, it was like the Fox News uh, radio break in between mm -hmm. shows. And they mm -hmm. say, oh, the bump stock turns your gun into a, a full auto machine gun with one trigger pull. You can dump a mag. I'm like, we need to get out there and run for office. We need to get our butts out there, run for whether it's the state government, whatever it may be. So people that know something are actually making the rules instead of the know nothings. Right. Yeah. I first heard of this story, by the way. I think I think I saw Mac posted something about it. I think it's the F90 or something like that. Uh uh, Dan hates you says, God damn it, I wanted a Lithgo. <laughs> it's a bullpup, so you know I wanted one. But I had a, it really wasn't on my radar. I probably saw it and just didn't, you know, um, like dig into it too deep. Eric Hammond says, I own a Lithgo. It was made in 1941. It looks like it'll be my last. Yeah, I mean, that. What? I don't understand these companies and what they're trying to do. Scamp 900 says, woke. <laughs> they're woke. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, James Miller says that's ridiculous then we shouldn't buy their guns for the military if they say civilians can't own those guns it, it looks like a Steyer AUG yeah um, E.G. John E.G. Smith says Atrax F90 so um, and then Night Nightmare 03 says we'll be back in effect on Friday at 5. Um, did you find anything on the magazine thing in California? What's going on with that? Yeah, apparently they got a stay. They got an injunction on the... So you know, on the band side. On the band side, they got an injunction. Okay. And so, in other words, you had a 30-round bag, and so I guess Friday 5 p.m., you no longer are legally allowed to have it. But if you already bought it, you're good. Or are they... What's going on? I don't see that yet. Oh, man. 
Um, so if you ordered it in the mail and it's coming, mm-hmm. you will be a criminal. <laughs> right? Can you imagine like, hey, I don't Monday. That. Yeah, can you take delivery? And then what if they track those deliveries and arrest people? And then, and then yeah, you but, know people in California. Like, if I lived in California, I'd be getting a big box. <laughs> It'd be like 100 magazines. Yeah, 100 magazines coming in, inbound. Uh, just, Sam, go ahead. Your grandchildren will be in jail. You're going to get so many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sam uh, Gall says, uh, Lithgow, just virtue signaling. Uh, wow. See, yeah, the, the whole thing is, uh, one of the concepts that, I believe in is people don't break out in fist fights because we're all equally armed. And the reason a bad guy will choose a firearm is because he thinks he has an advantage. And, and if everybody, you know, it's kind of like all the fights that you have at gun shows, you, you know, how fights are always breaking out and people are getting shot when you're at a gun show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't, no, happen. that doesn't happen. No, that's probably it's a pretty safe place. I, I, you know, I see families walking around. I see all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, I don't know if this just came up. Um, this is something relative, though, to some of the stuff we're talking about here. Um, this is, what is this? Uh, Truth About Guns, ATF Acting Director Thomas Brandon announces retirement. Um, Tom, Thomas Brandon, ATF Deputy Director, has been the agency's acting director since 2015. The agency has been without a confirmed director for nine of the last 13 years. Now Brandon has announced his retirement at the end of this month. Um, and T, uh, T-Tag hears other departures may be in the works for the agency as well. Um, interesting, right? Hmm. It's going to be interesting to see who goes in there. Is it going to be good for the Second Amendment or bad for okay. the Second Amendment? Go ahead. Hey, for ATF director. Oh, yo, yes. First, no, my first act would be to dismantle the whole damn thing. That's my well, first act. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> the problem isn't the – one of the things, like, so after um, Parkland happened, uh, like, my high school Facebook group, my high school graduating class, it, mm-hmm. and, of course, they're all New Yorkers, and a lot of them are, you know, pretty What high school lefty. did you go to? Islip High School. Islip! Uh-oh! Is that in the five towns? No, no, no. no. I was in Nassau County. Oh, I was okay. I slip. I sl- oh, Suffolk County. Suffolk County. Oh, okay. So dead center on the South yeah. Shore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the people, not one per they dogpiled on me like mad. Not one person had any support for the Second Amendment or anything like that. And I, you know, I said, look, more kids die in swimming pools than from firearms. They're like, oh, that's ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, so you don't care about the number of kids dying. You care about how they die. Mm-hmm. And that'll make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, we can we can figure out that lots of kids die from abortions. Sure. Sure. I, I saw that movie Friday. That, that was rough. Yeah. So, hmm. What, can, well, can, do you want to tell us what high school you went to, Mike? Uh, where, and, or is that top secret? I don't, no, I don't no, want to get in trouble. No, no, I don't no, know if there's any baby mamas over there or anything. No, like no, that. no. I only, only got one child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <One> child. <laughs> but um, yeah, when I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina, I went to North Mecklenburg um, High School, and then um, when I was living in Virginia, I went to um, Menchville High School. Oh, okay, okay, cool. By the way, Nightmare says Palmetto State stopped shipping to California today. They had a hundred mag sale at PSA today. Oh, 
Well, how, how much I missed out. Yeah, did Lola did Lola post anything about this? I don't know. Hundred max sale. Some of us might still want to get that, <laughs> just because they're not shipping to California. I know. I'm sorry for everybody in California, but the rest of us might want to get some magazines. I think I saw that is one. Is right that the now. one that they were selling like um, a bunch of them for like almost a thousand dollars, like nine hundred fifty nine dollars or something like that? A hundred. Uh, so that's like ten dollars each. I don't know if that's a big. Yeah, I think it was that one I saw. Yeah. If you come up with a sale, Richard, let us know. Oh yeah, PSA always has good stuff. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, and we should probably get to some gun stuff. Do you guys want to get to some Gorn, or do the folks out there want me to sing again? I can uh, sing. Uh, it's okay. It's I, okay I, with me. Uh, I got. Oh, okay. Here we go. Richard's going Gorn. Let's see. What's what you I, got? I got the daddy. Oh, and matching little... Ruger. <laughs> what? So, so why is one the daddy and one's what? One the baby. Or the mama, or uh, whatever. LC9S and the LCP2. Okay. Um, so this, this is more concealable. This is slightly not more concealable. Yeah. Okay. It's just a little, little wider. Okay. So one of those is new. I think the bigger one is new. No, I, I, I've had this forever. Oh, okay. You have uh, both of them. Uh, yeah, I picked up the LCP uh, not too long ago, and, and then my wife got one. So we actually have two of these in the family. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Brian Quick says everything is sold out to him at PSA. <laughs> uh, why do you need to know? Says yes, $9.57 per mag. Oh, man, they could have done a better sale than that. But, you know, whatever. What's, what are mags? Um, are mags usually like $12, $13? I know I've paid like eleven dollars. I would say ten or under is a good deal. That, yeah. That's one I'd be looking to buy. Yeah, uh, Archangel says, "Sing, Hank, sing." Okay, what do you want me to sing? <laughs> to all the girls I've loved before. Wait, all wait, the girls. Sixty round mags. Surefire sixty round. Mags. Okay, wait, someone posted. Deal? Someone posted a link to that. Okay, uh, do you have guns, Mike? Do I have guns? Do you have yes. guns? <laughs> I have guns. I love to keep my rhetorical, hands on Rhetorical my guns. question. <laughs> rhetorical question. I know, I All know, right. I know. So here's the first one right here. This right here is my baby that I do. The, com the, the competition. competition. The competition. Okay, it's uh, Walther. The Q5 match. Yeah. Um, the signature here is the trigger, right? This blue trigger? Yes. That's uh, one-tenth of, um, one of an inch trigger pull. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So when you pull it, then you do the reset. Do you have any video on YouTube or anything of you shooting this thing? Yes. Everything I put as um, far as this um, is on Instagram. Oh, Insta? Um, okay. And, and yeah. tell us what your Insta is because yeah, I'm going so to pull it up right now. Yeah. So if you go to Instagram, you look up um, either M-W Tactical or munitions, weapons, tactical, all spelled together. Okay. So, have and you shot the TP9 SFX Elite, the Canic? Yes, I shot the Canic, um, but it yeah. was last year when I shot the yeah. Canic. By the way, uh, while you're... SFX Elite? No, I don't know if it was the Elite or Because it looks not. identical to that. Yeah. By the way, I'm throwing up right now MW Tactical's page. There you guys go. Uh, yeah, We need to get buddy. some more followers there for him. Up there now. Which one of these? Vi oh, is this? I think I see a competition video right here because I see you, like hands up in the oh. air. 
Yep, that's and the one. And boom, the oh. thing just went off, and now you're shooting. Mm-hmm. There you go. Now, yeah, the one with my hands up in the air, I'm wearing um, the gi from my gym. Um, so oh, okay. you know I do jiu-jitsu. And uh, that's the um, one of the shirts that my professor was supposed to wear in a competition. He didn't go to the competition, so he gave it to me. And oh, I told okay. him I used it for um, shooting. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, what's the other guns you got? Uh, and then the other one is my EDC, my everyday carry, which is just the regular Walther PPQ. PPQ. By the way, the PPQ, the whole PPQ line is what Walther, if I'm not mistaken, that's what Walther has the shoot it, love it, buy it deal going on with. Um, that's still going. And we had Cody from uh, Walther here. Um, I think, yeah, Cody was here. When was that? Like two weeks ago, three weeks? Weeks ago. Yeah, it was about yeah, two weeks he ago. He was here, yeah. So, so um, the, the whole PPQ line, it, right? And you, that's that's what's rock. That's what's rocking right now. That you can actually get, like you can get it, and if you don't like it, you can send it back. Correct. Yeah. So okay. like, you get this gun. You you can either buy it. If you don't like it, send it back. They will refund you, or you can do it on a voucher program. Whereas um, after the thirty days, if you keep it, then they'll charge your credit card. Yeah, and we run guns. Says great shooting man. Shout out to We Run Guns. Um, okay, so is that you know what? I've got some things here that I could pull out for the pe- for the people. Let me uh, get this. Okay, boom. I'm gonna pull out some stuff here. So I have this in the box. We did shoot this. I'm supposed to make a specific video for this, but um, we did this in the nine nine. So if anyone's seen that video, you can see this diamond back. This is the uh, DB nine. And uh, let's get it out of here. A little tiny gun. It's a little baby gun. Check it out right there. Boom. The DB9. This is the new G- DB9, I believe, Gen 4. So we shot this in the 9.9s video. I'm going to do a video of just this gun. I just have to get around to it. Um, it's a lot like a Glock, just like a little tiny baby Glock that you could put in your pocket. It worked. I mean, the only thing that I could tell you from the shooting that everyone did was you're going to feel, you know, since it's so small, you're going to feel some of that in your hands. But I don't know that that's really going to matter in the situation that you use it in but i know that there's uh there's obviously uh you know that's a thing the other girl the other gun is the mossberg mc1 which i still have not done a video on and it's still in the packaging so you guys just get to see it in the packaging you know that one that you just held up um the diamondback Mm -hmm. yeah it it almost looks like um rob pinka's gun a little bit i don't know if you saw that one when you was out there in vegas um i've seen his gun i know he came on the show with his gun you think so it, it almost uh, what's his gun? What's what's? Oh man, I can't believe I forgot the P10? that. P10, I think that's what he called it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's like six round magazine, nine millimeter. Uh, you can switch out the sights and all that for Glock stuff. So if you guys mm-hmm. can see that right there, it's got Glock sights on it. So you can switch all that out for Glock stuff. It takes down like a Glock. If you can, if you look right here, you'll see it has a takedown lever and all that kind of stuff, like a Glock. It doesn't have the trigger that a Glock has, and that is a long trigger pull on it, but, um, so everyone got to run a, uh, train on this, on the, on the <laughs> nine video, and it, it, it was fine, it worked fine, um, just, you know, like, you feel that, you feel that, that shot in your hand, but that's what you get out of these kind of things, I think, so, I don't know if anyone has any questions on that, Richard, you got any questions, you, I didn't get an invite, you can, to where? 
to to the Hank Strange shoot at the oh, Hacienda. Oh. oh, oh, sorry about that. Sorry about. I that. could have brought some nines. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, people. Well, you know what? People. Uh, people do want us to do the nine nines thing again, or do like nine guns. I mean, I could probably do n- another because there's a lot of nine millimeters, right? Because, for example, I didn't have any Walthers over there. You didn't call me. Yeah, see, oh, you know, when you're in town, let us know. We'll, we'll definitely do, do we'll something. Do. Um, I didn't have any Walthers. We did have a Ruger, though, Richard. I got the, uh, let's see, I got the Ruger SR9. Uh, I think that was my first uh, full-size 9. Yeah, but uh, we, did we have the, I think we had the SR9 in that video, or no? Was I, I can't remember. There's a bunch of video, I, a bunch of guns in there. We had, uh, yeah. what did we have in there? We, got, we have to look at that video and see. I think there was a Ruger of some sort in there. I've got the Canic TP9, uh, which was the original one, which was uh, double action, single action, mm-hmm. which I really like. Although I'm awful with the aim on that. Bring the 10 millimeter armament, Axis says. Yeah. We can do a 10 millimeter thing. I don't know if there's ten, uh, nine 10 millimeter guns out there. There probably is, handguns. Probably is. We could probably get. <laughs> That's going to be a lot of 10 millimeter getting shot. I don't know about that. Um, someone says do uh, sub guns. We could do twenty twos. There's a lot of things we could do with that if people really, li- if people folks really like that. Um, Len Holt says PPS was not represented. Yes, okay. So there you go. What's your What was your take on um, that Ruger? Because I, I never shot the Ruger handgun. Which were you talking about? Did no, no, had... I was asking Hank. He, yeah, I'm trying to remember know. what Ruger we had in that video. I can't oh. remember what Ruger it was. Um, was it was just was it just an SR9? It was something that Will had a Ruger. It was gray. That's all I can remember. Yeah, I Maybe know Walter it likes it. Yeah, it it wasn't bad. I'm trying. Okay, I know whatever Ruger it was that I shot was actually it's a little heavier, but I think it I think it was good. I don't know. I'm you know. Uh, it was it wasn't bad from what I saw from what I saw of it shooting. So we have right, to go they're back. They're saying to it's that. Walter's SR9. It was Walter's SR9, right? Okay, okay. Thought it was Walter or someone. Um, I've got one other thing that I could share with everyone here. So in, in the little bit time that we have, this is from Tops Knives, and uh, we're gonna have some stuff from Tops Knives here that we're gonna do some things with. I've got also got a Tops Knives uh, uh, brochure over here that we're gonna look. It says 101% USA. How can you be 101% USA? I think that <laughs> that extra one percent uh, got over the border. That's what I'm saying. It went through customs, the legal Yeah, way. that extra, I don't know how. <laughs> Can't really explain it, but 101% USA from Topps <laughs> Knives. So I'm going to open that up, and uh, I'm going to show that as well as the knife. Lola says that I should not, this was the one thing I was not supposed to open, so you know what that means. Uh, going to open it. Yeah, so, well, first of all, let me open up the, uh, let me open up the brochure here take a look at that. Do you, are you guys familiar with Topps Knives at all? Not at all. Not I. No? Okay. Um, there's a but is, it, is it good quality that you want to put that in the mail and send to me? Um, no. <laughs> well, it's, it's good quality stuff. They have good stuff. I'll be sharing that with you guys going forward here. And I'm actually going to get the folks from Topps Knives to come, on, to come on board, to come visit us and talk about stuff. So I like how they come in these boxes right here. So you can open up this box. I'm doing, I'm doing an official unboxing here in the middle of this whole thing, which is interesting. Um, this is their, 
It comes with some, it actually comes with its own, it comes with its own oil. Oil of some sort. HP 100, anyone ever heard of that out there? HP 100, that's an oil. And this, this knife is the Quickie. I don't know if you can see that or not, but the knife is, is the Quickie. That's what it looks like in the plastic. I will open it up right now. So, like, my younger son is into knives all of a sudden, and he saw this stuff come, and he's like, oh, when are you opening those knives? So there we go. So it's the Quickie. There we go. That's like a little, uh, that's like a little claw or something like that. So I guess you put your finger in there, and you can hold it like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and it has its, its uh, Kydex sheath right there. I'm going to pull up some stuff about this and then we'll go over it. And if you guys have some questions here, we could talk about it real quick. Is it uh, a belt detachment on um, the back side of it? Yeah, it looks like it's got a, see that? It's got a little clip and everything. So you could put it really anywhere you want. I think this is designed to be a tactical kind of thing for law enforcement, uh, civilian use, etc. Let me see how it fits in the left hand. Because I, I always think I need to have a, a knife in the left hand, like on the left side of my body, you know? Because someone might pin this side down, then I got this side, I could come up with a scratch him. It's like a little claw. That looks pretty vicious right there. What yeah. do you guys think? Well, you know, technically when you're fighting with a knife, if your right hand is your strong hand, mm -hmm. like you're in your fighter stance and your power punch is your right hand, the knife should be in your left hand. Oh, if you okay, so if so, you should have it in your left hand anyway. You're saying, right? You should have Correct. it. Yeah. Okay. Unless so. you're now, if you're standing southpaw, um, okay. it'll be in your um your right hand. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, let me see. I'm gonna try to look through and see if I can bring up the website. I did have a website of some sort up here that I could probably share with the folks here. Let me go into it. Uh, boom. Here we go. So the quickie. Invisible until needed. Uh, I think it was 90 bucks or 70. I think I've seen it somewhere for 60. And uh, let's see. This quickie is made for people who live in increasingly uncertain world designed with law enforcement in mind. It's a three inch finger karambit, meaning the, th the third finger away from the blade should be placed in the hole. Um, the knife has a very specific purpose in mind by putting the finger hole on the third finger, then leaving the nub after that, it gives the user some ability to still use hand while holding the knife. Okay. So very interesting, very interesting. I like that. There's specs on it here. Let's see if we can click into the specs. Uh, overall length, 5 inches. Blade length, 1.63. It's a fixed blade. It's uh, skeletonized. It weighs 1.2 ounces. Um, and it has uh, the sheath materials Kydex. Designer is Leo Espinoza. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check this knife out a little bit. Do you guys have any? Um, I know Mike. You do you have any? You're a jujitsu guy. I don't know if um, I don't know if Richard does jujitsu or any kind of. Richard does. Way back uh, when. Okay, I was gonna say you do pebble style. <laughs> Parakeet <laughs> Bird fighting <laughs> You know Is, uh, is Pebbles like trained to kill? Yeah cock Is Pebbles trained to kill? <laughs> Only things in his food bowl Oh okay Oh he just eats bird seed right? Pretty much Yeah yeah uh, Christian Gress says, never heard of Topps Knives. It seems like pretty good quality, 100%, 101%, excuse me, made in the now, Americas. Uh huh. 
that magazine that you held up, that the flyer that came with it, and it showed the various different yeah. forms of knives. Yeah. Um, do they just do like the extreme knives, like the quickie, or is it just something quick like you can put in your pocket? No, they have a quickie? they have a bunch of here. Let me go back on me for a second. They have a bunch of survival knives and things like that. See that? That's like a big folding survival knife in there that looks cool. Um, they have cookeries. Um, one of these days, I'm going to have a cookery here that I'll show you guys. They've got axes and lots of survival stuff. So I think they do lots of survival knives, knives, but they do have folders and they do have, um, like, I guess what we would call tactical knives of different sorts. See, here's a bunch of different things from them. Um, I'm seeing a, a few people. Uh, okay, Jafari H says tops. Yes, sir. Tops is tits. That's an official recommendation by Jafari H. <laughs> That's, uh, you, hey, you can't, you know. Let's see who else has heard of, um, Richard, you're saying you never heard of Top, Tops Knives, lots of guys. No, I haven't. That. Yeah, James Miller says Tops makes some good stuff. I have the uh, Tahoma Field Knife. Um, let's see. And Brian Quick says Tops Knives uses 1095 carbon steel. Uh, there you go. And Kathleen Music Lover says a quickie knife, hmm. Sometimes you do. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a quickie knife. Big Cliff says cat's claw. Yeah, that's something like a cat's claw, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. Lots of um, hey, uh, Archangel says hey, Hank, you got my knife. They had the wrong address. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. Finders keepers. She's <laughs> working. It. Yeah. So I'll do uh, some stuff. I'll get a video done on that. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I was going to say, like I told you beforehand, um, I'm not much of a knife guy. Um, I only got really two knives, and the one uh, the one that I carry every day is like a Smith & Wesson knife. Okay. You okay. know, so... Um, yeah, that was me. But, that was me. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested in um, in looking up their products. Actually, I'm going to look it up here in a little bit. Yeah, check out their website. Tell them you heard about them here. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get like some kind of uh, discount code. And stuff. I see Lola in the chat. Let's see. I'll throw up Lola's comment. She says, I'll get them on the podcast. <laughs> oh, and you that's know what Lola. I want a discount code for? What? Standard manufacturing. Yes, I know. You told me this, and I, yeah. I will work on this for you, Richard. <laughs> I promise. I'm going to work on standard manufacturing. I know exactly what you want. 1911. Do you have it all specced out? Do you know the spec? <laughs> oh, I want the top of line model. That is nice looking. Yeah, the, the one the case hardened. Oh, the case, so oh good. yeah, really nice. And the like case hardened, the wood that they use, man, that's some, that's like the quality. That's from the quality wood that goes into those really expensive shotguns that they build. And, so, and if they come out with a ten millimeter version, I want that also. Okay, okay, we'll do that. We'll see. We'll get them back on. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna do a giveaway of one of those guns. I need to get that video edited. I haven't gotten around to it. That's my bad. I'm going to get to it, but shout out to Standard Manufacturing. We're going to make that happen and get them back on. I, I saw that we're over the 9 o'clock hour, so we probably need to uh, wrap wrap this up, right? We've got to wrap it up. Uh, we were having so much fun. It went, you know, you guys were a good combo. Yeah, I think it went pretty good. I've been on with him before. Fast. Yeah, you guys were a good combo here. You know, I might I might do this combo again. Yeah, you, you know? do it. Um, yeah, now, since Richard likes the back door stuff, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, if anything, um, when you're talking to Richard, when he's giving you advice on anything um, electronical, it's very good. And then at the same time, he will tell you where to get stuff at for free, like the editing software and everything. Yes, oh, yeah. Oh, you've been using the DaVinci Resolve Black Magic? 
Uh, I played with it. I do like it. Um, but as for right now, because um, the rhythm of me sitting down and doing a video, I only do it oh, yeah. for a couple hours that I put it out like what once a week. So I'm just sticking with what I got until I feel very comfortable with that one. Yeah. Yep. That's that. That's good. That's a good move to do, you know, good way to go. Uh, James Miller says it worked well with Hank, Richard, and Mike as an Oreo cookie. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That depends on – let's see. That depends on how we arrange it. We got to put Richard in. Wait, hold on a second. We got to get me, then Richard. Then we put Mike in. Boom! Oreo! <laughs> I gotta hang out by yeah. the pool so I yeah. get a little more tan. Before we go, this is a good question, Oreo. I always had this argument with Lola. How do you guys eat an Oreo? I'm gonna let Mike answer at first. How do you eat an Oreo cookie, Mike? Uh, depending on my mood, if I'm by myself, I just throw it in my mouth and eat it. But if I'm like with my boot thing or whatever, I split it open, eat the cream out, and then I eat the cookies later. Mm, okay, right. Richard. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna I got be the best way to eat. It. First off, my daughter got these. I, I post this on Instagram. It's uh, like the Oreo Ultimate stuff, where the white stuff is like Extra crazy thick. hot. Well, they're going real yeah. chip cheap on the uh, on the cream inside the Oreos now. I noticed. Oh yes, yeah. thin this versions like or something. Okay, huge. Mm-hmm. But the my <laughs> favorite way to eat an Oreo is you get a coffee cup. And you stack them in the coffee cup and put a spoon on top and then pour milk in. And then you eat them out with the spoon as the uh, co- the cookie gets soft. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Soggy yeah. cereal. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's a cool one. That's a cool one. Yeah, I believe um, – okay, Rondell Stewart says by the row. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can't really eat a row of Oreo cookies <laughs> unless you're just really on a bender. Oh, um, stuff. Yeah, the only way I eat it is I break it apart, okay, break it apart, um, and then I I, uh, I use something, either the, the one side to scrape off the, uh, the cream of the other side, and then I eat them both with no cream on it, if I could do that. But the cookies, again, Oreo cookies are getting real cheap, and they break up easy now. Has anyone noticed that? Yeah. They're, they're jipping us. They're yeah, jipping well, us. My so. daughter bought two bags of the most stuff. And it's like I'll eat one a week just because it's so much. You know, I've been mm-hmm. trying to lose weight, and yeah. uh, it's tough having a kid around yeah. you trying to lose weight. Christian Gress says I throw in the Oreos and the milk and drink. But Mike, you should be arrested for just eating that Oreo cookie just like that. That's like, like that's criminal. You can't just uh, I, I take that thing and put it in the mouth and eat it. Uh, well, you know, we, we, I, I didn't inhale. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we better we better wrap this up here before somebody gets convicted. Okay, you guys can all leave your comments on how you eat the Oreos. Len Holt says try Oreos with cold chili. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's crazy. Chili, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Richard, uh, Rich, uh, Vanessa Kitty says uh, Richard make them into ice cream. So, okay, let's wrap it up here. Richard, you want to tell us how the folks out there can follow you, keep in touch with you, et cetera? Yeah, sure. Flyingrich.com, all of my social media is out there. So all of my gun streamer posts, I do like Flying Rich Opinion on gun streamers. So that'll be out on flyingrich.com. Uh, my YouTube videos, I, I usually do tech videos on YouTube because I'm trying to get monetized, which – I've been waiting more than six months for. Yeah, I know we didn't we didn't get into that conversation, man. I'm sorry. We should have actually got into that conversation. What's going on with my monetization? I don't know if you want to tell us real quick. 
Yeah, so I, I think it was like September 19th. I hit the uh, – I've had the number of views or the hours of views for a long time, but I finally hit 1,000 subs. And so I was like, hey, okay, in a couple of months I'll get monetized. A uh, couple of weeks ago, it's been six months. I got a letter from YouTube saying that, oh, by the way, there's not enough uh, information to make a determination on whether you should be monetized. And uh, <laughs> what the hell? What information do they need? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Wow. And because okay. uh, they have know, all the information in the world they need. You need to be a thousand subs and you need to have uh, 4000 minutes in the last year. Yep. Is that what it is? Yep. OK. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I have like 12000 minutes in the last year, which, you know, you, you have a lot more subs. You would got like 70,000 subs, you probably have crazy numbers on that. Uh, yeah, I think I do like, um, I don't know, 2 million minutes every 30 days or something. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, so even even on here, we do like a few hundred thousand minutes. Mm, yeah, that's every, great. Yeah, yeah. But Our average view duration on this show is 30 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. mad. So that's like people watch at least a quarter of it. Shame on you for not watching the other three quarters, but I appreciate it anyway. Yeah, so so you're still – so they're waiting for more info that you don't know what it is, right? Yeah, Clover Tech said he was going to take a look at what my channel was doing and what's going on. I, I really have a lot of respect for his technical abilities because he, he really treats this as a science. Um, so it might be I'm not naming things right. I'm using the wrong tags. I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Clover Tack, um, you know, he is magically delicious because he's a leprechaun. <laughs> Just tell him to tell you where his, <laughs> his pot of gold is. Pot of gold is. Forget about getting monetized. <laughs> okay, I'm making fun. He's going to get me for that one. <laughs> All right, okay, so let's, Mike, how can people follow you, man, or support right, um, you? Because I, I know you do competitive shooting, so I'm not sure, you know, what you're looking for for the folks to do out there. Yeah, so right now, the only thing I can say is just um, go visit my website, www.m-wtactical.com, and if you click on the media links, um, you can see everything that I'm a part of. And if anything, while you're on that website, click on the store tab and pick up a shirt or two. Um, at the same time, go support Maj, KD, and everybody else who is doing great work in the 2A community. Um, and you can also follow me on the Black Man with a Gun podcast with Ken Blanchard. So make sure you go do that one. But most importantly, if you haven't done so, just go follow me on um, Facebook and Instagram where I put majority of my content up. And um, right now, just support me and my travels of the competition shooting, whereas I'm trying to become an A-class shooter before the end of the year. Okay, very cool, very cool. I, I encourage folks to go out there, check out MW Tactical, Mike. Make sure you check out Flying Rich, Richard over there as well. Um, if you're not subscribed here to the channel, please do subscribe, ring the bell so you can be notified. Uh, you guys stay right there. I'm going to hit the end scene right now. Uh, look at that awesomeness. You guys are, yeah, getting in on the, boom, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're out of here. We'll see you guys. Peace. Peace out. Let me hit the button so we can end. Oh, there we go.